You're listening to Garage Hammer, episode 166. On tonight's episode, the Manlings talk about all the stuff they were doing at Adepticon, which is mostly what Alex was doing because the fat Manling was just walking around most of the time and and uh, looking for things to do. Oh, and they also have on the Domus. Yes, their homeboy is here and ready to talk Adepticon. Uh, spoilers, they won all sorts of stuff and they kicked the fat Manling's butt, but we'll get to that later. All right, shut up! I'm listening to me show. Welcome to the garage, you tools, for the next two hours or thereabouts. We'll do the best we can to keep you informed, entertained, and perhaps have a laugh or two along the way. Bringing you what's going on, what's coming next, and any and everything at Epticon, I'm Alex Gonzalez. And I'm Dave White. Was that the really? most anticlimactic? Yes, I, I had nothing, but I had a lot of it. So <laughs> I figured. I guess that counts for something. You know, hey, sometimes nothing is a cool hand. Um, mm. nobody, Domus. Yes. Did you get that reference? <laughs> no. From Cool Hand Luke. Sorry, that's that's be- before my time. <laughs> Before mine too. That doesn't mean I haven't seen it. Black and white movies. Oh no, man. No, that's in color. But okay, whatever. Oh, uh, you know what? Forget you guys. Let's just go out and thank the. Hey, Domus is here, everybody. Thanks for coming on, Domus. Thanks for having me, fellas. Yeah. So, oh, um, yeah, we should thank the sponsors. I think right now. I think yes, yes, we should. Before this goes a little too far down the rabbit hole. Um, so. <laughs> In any event, um, as always, we need to take a moment to thank the sponsors of Garage Hammer. Uh, sponsors are Unique Gifts and Games. In Gray's Lake, Illinois. Chaos Orc Superstore. Say it with me, Domus. Chaos Orc Superstore. Chaos Orc Superstore. Thank you. And Six Squared Studios. For all of your MDF needs, Six Squared Studios. There you go. And, of course, we have to thank our uh, Patreon associate producers, James, Mackey, Ryan, Taylor, and Shirley Tempel. And uh, and uh, Misty Tempel as well, because uh, I got to meet them at, uh, oh, yeah. at Akon. And, uh, Very awesome people. Yeah. Talk about really good people, man. And it's helped me out a ton. So... Um, like helping me moving stuff, and when I was running at the at the at the at the bits trading, they were helping me so much and running stuff around. They were so they're good people. So it was nice to get to very to good meet. people. Was, I met nice to meet a lot of people, but they were like oh, really yeah. just there, like like literally running stuff for me, so we can keep things going. It was wonderful. So uh, let's see. Other than that, uh, we got some voicemails and we got some emails, but I kind of want to jump into everything. Um, because we want to talk Akon, and we only have Domus on for so long. Because uh, let's face it, he's he's a Domus in demand. It's what it is. It's just, that's right. That's the, that's the fact of the matter, man. Let's be honest. Um, Love it. <laughs> he's a Domus in demand. I'm gonna put on my late night sexy voice for that right there. So. Mm. All right, so we're going to come back. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. Those of you who left voicemails and emails, uh, thank you very much. Uh, people were saying that they liked the last episode. They were laughing out loud, um, that they really enjoyed it, and I appreciate that. But I just want to jump ahead, so I'm going to uh, maybe revisit those if we get a chance. Otherwise, 
just know that we heard them and read them and we appreciate that. So uh, we'll be right back with uh, news and rumors and the toolbox. Folks, Chaos Orc Superstore, your one-stop shop for all your hobby gaming needs. They've not only got current and classic GW releases, Chess X Dice, and Vallejo Paints, but now they're also carrying Mantic, Infinity, Flames of War, Privateer Press, Soda Pop, Dark Age, and other assorted board and miniature-based games. They usually ship within 24 hours, and the model in the picture is the model they ship to, because at Chaos Orc Superstore, what you see is what you get. And we're back, uh, back with uh, news and rumors on the Garage Hammer News Network. That's the printing. Oh, <laughs> yeah. We gotta get a good sound effect for that one. An old Dom um, Matrix printer, fantastic. It'd be great. Yeah. So uh, I wanted to get a hold of Armageddon and. Uh, I the went, new 40k thing? Yeah, I mean, I wanted the terrain, really, you know? Yeah, the terrain's pretty dope. And you get all that extra stuff, you know, basically, you know, on top of it. I'm like, okay, this the, the terrain looks pretty cool. I'll definitely order one, so that way I have some good terrain that's not AOS terrain when Chris Yu comes over to play 40k. And, uh, yeah, I, I think it had been up for uh, over two hours when I uh, someone said sold out, so... Yeah, that new box, looking at the contents, is a stupid good value. I just can't see um, why they're only... I mean, it's like, I would think that that would be a... You'd have more than that limited a quantity that you sell out in two hours. Or well, least. it's been selling out everywhere. Yep. Because even getting the tweets from, like, New Zealand and Australia, they were just, boop, gone, boop, gone. Yeah. So That's what I'm hoping they'll put out a, you know, hey, this is all we get for this wave. We'll have more soon. Yeah, that would be nice because it looks really nice. So, but that's all I can say it about does. it. Does I'm even looking at some of the stuff in the in the white dwarf, and I'm like, oh, this is so. The new terrain they're putting out for 40k is just ridiculous. Yeah, the new everything they're doing right now is ridiculous because we have this coming, um, and anybody who knows like a model kit or anything like that um, would really be happy with any of these pieces, much less being able to play on them. And they're all huge and gorgeous. Just I got I don't know I have a I'm a little burned on that Dreadhold stuff from Adepticon, so I'm a little leery. But I'm hoping <laughs> this restores the faith. Well, they, they've got a I guess they took a bunch of these sets and just started stacking them. Yeah. So in the White Dwarf, it's once they put it on top of the actual gaming table that they play on, mm-hmm. it's an eight foot tall game. It's four foot ten basically is the what they put together for this. This huge factory just stacks upon stacks upon stacks of these things. I was like, oh, 
This is crazy. Yeah. It feels much it feels like Necromunda Light or whatever you want to call it. Yep. Um but just even having that for like a kill team or something like that, um just to do small uh skirmishy games that it's gonna be ridiculous to plan. I know there's a bunch of those sets that got taken care of at my local store. So I can't imagine how much is gonna come in on this. So good. Yeah, no, it looks it looks crazy. And they showed some other new terrain in the uh in the new White Dwarf, and I'm like, oh, all of that 40K terrain is really nice. So I'm excited about that stuff. Uh, let's see what else. Corn was up for pre-order. Okay, by the time this airs, dude, this airs on the 10th. We're recording a little early. Uh, yeah. So Corn will be out when this yeah. comes out. So the Corn book came out on the 8th. It's the 10th. So mm-hmm. enjoy your book. We'll talk about that at some point. Yeah, it's pretty ridiculous. A lot of the... Big spoilers have already been leaked. Um, thank you, Interwebs, for... Well, and since the book is out, we can talk about everything we've already seen because the book's yeah. out. So, um, yeah. I like the... Well, apparently in 40K, they have that whole blood token thing. The blood tithe, yeah. That's in the Demonkin uh, for Corn book, which is kind of like their mix of Chaos Space Marines and Corn Demons. Um, but this one is very different. Um because it can be used alternatively during your opponent's hero phase as well. Yes. Um, so being able to summon up a new unit of demons if you need it, or charge if you need it in your opponent's hero phase. What? Yeah. Well, and you know what? I was reading it, and um, I, I actually double-checked. I'm like, is this, did I read this right? Because um, you get a you get a point for every unit that dies on both sides. Yeah. Um, but when you actually use it, so in between the hero phases with all the shooting and the combat going on, you can save up because the most the most expensive one costs eight points. Mm-hmm. Um, but it actually says when you pick one of these abilities, you you have to have enough points to to cover its cost. But then you lose all your extra points as well. It says so you only get to use it once per hero phase. Yeah. And no matter what you pick, you spend all of it. So if there becomes a particular bloody round. And you're picking number four, and that's what you need. But you've got six tokens. It's mm-hmm. it's costing you. It costs you everything. You have to have at yeah. least what's that number? Yeah. So that's it's, the one thing that you can try. You know that they can't just you know save up and and every turn, you know nickel and dime you with a couple here and a couple there. They have to. They burn everything they use. Yeah. And it's one of those I think we're going to see a lot of tactical flexibility out of, especially the movement one. Um, sure. Being able to move in your opponent's hero phase if you've overextended or if you need to get a unit that's running an objective further out of dodge. There's a lot that you can do with this army. It's going to be really, really tricky. Yeah. And it's not just straightforward smash them up. So this is don't think that just because it's corn doesn't mean you can't play this tactically. It's got a lot of smash them up still, but... yeah. But I, I was excited about it, and now they and they got the cards. Yeah, and all the those effect are, counters. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty awesome. Yeah, and uh, now there's no dates in the White Dwarf for the Overlords release, but the the cards go up. But they actually, well, by the time you're hearing this, the corn stuff's out, and that at least the cards went up for pre-order on the eighth, so they'll be out on the fifteenth. Yeah. But there's nothing else listed. In fact. When it says it, it says you know check 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 the Games Workshop website for pre order on 
on that's what it says for the other uh Karajan stuff. There's no actual there's no dates on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like here, order Battle Tome Karadron Overlords. For more information, visit gamesworkshop.com. <clears throat> like it just it there's no there's no date on any of the overlord stuff. That's all right. We can wait. Yeah. Let's I mean, we know it's this month. They said it's going to be in April. So if it's mm-hmm. not on the 8th, then it's probably, you know, you're either pre-ordering the 15th or the 22nd. So it's in the next week or two, it's all going to uh it's all going to be available. And I wonder yeah. if they're going to release it over a few weeks or if it's just going to come out with all the stuff at once. It'll probably be a two-week drop. If you think about how much they have to do with the book, the little units, all the characters, and then the blimps. So they have a lot that they can do. It's probably going to be a two-week release. Yeah, I'm assuming that the the Sky Wardens and the Riggers are the same kit. Dif- you know, just different, uh, two different things. Um, but you got three separate Sky fly- fly- Flyers, um, four, four or five types of characters. And then uh, a couple different units. So it's pretty cool stuff, though. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm trying to decide good. on my color scheme. Because they're the same size as the old dwarfs. They're not huge like the... Um, Fire Slayers. Fire Slayers, which I'm like, okay, I like this. Mm-hmm. I like that size. So my old one were blue and white so I'm wondering do I want to do blue and white or do I want to keep with this like purple and tan or this yeah this purplish tan theme that seems to be running through the the main part of the book because that looks pretty cool too and I haven't done too much of my old dwarfs with the blue and white where I could literally go in and just you know they're mostly metal with those blue and white highlights I can go back and do those red and tan and make a match if I want to so I'm going to have to decide what color I want to do that when I get all that stuff because I'm so excited Mm mm-hmm um, but that's it. I mean, we saw that. What's it? What's it called? Dawn Spire or something like that? Was it? Uh, Shade Spire. Shade Spire. That's a Dawn Shade. Whatever. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, well, I mean, they had Spire of Dawn. That. And now they have oh, okay. Shade Spire. Oh, yeah. that's right. I yeah, I there. I only got to see the stuff at uh, that that instantly went up all over the internet. Oh yeah. So. It looks cool, and I think it's going to give you a lot of options for customization and real, like, more, I don't want to say narrative in a competitive sense, but more, like, customize and kind of tell a story with your crew. Because I think the the Blood Reavers there are not stock, and neither are the Stormcasts, so. No, that's not stock, because there's one female Stormcast in there. We need more female Stormcasts, just want to throw that out there, but. Whatever. Well, if you're going to do one, you better do a couple of different poses because otherwise you just have the one and it's going to look stupid in the army if it's just the one, the one with the Correct. one pose. Yeah, I never thought about it. Hey, that's cool. I mean, they got girl ones too. Cool. You know, I if the model looks good, I'll still paint it and play it in my armor. Of course, I've already bought so much already. If they come out later with the female stuff, I'm, I don't know how many more liberators I need to add to my army. I've already got like thirty five. So I will make room for that one. I'll make room for that one. I may make room for another unit, but as it is, I'm already. I bought a. I bought a box of Liberators back before they went to the ten pack, just to make all mm. the special ones because everything I have is from those from the box set. The starter kit, yeah. I got a lot of box sets, so I know. You know, so it's like I bought this just to make the special weapons, so I could throw them in there because like I don't have any. Mm. 
And you don't yeah. necessarily need him, but it would be nice to have one guy who looks like he could do something special rather than just rolling a bunch of four by fours. So, mm-hmm. anyway, um, is there any other news? I don't think so. I mean, all this stuff no. coming out for forty k, and I'm excited to see. We're just a couple of months away, man. New edition of forty k coming out. Yeah, and still no plastic sisters. Um, <laughs> but no, it. It is what it is. I'm kind of reserving on my 40K stuff. I haven't touched it since before PACA. Um, and I'm going to keep it that way until we know for sure what's coming out with uh, 8th edition 40K. I've got so but, much cool stuff here. So I have stuff to work on when I'm done with what I'm working on. But I have enough now for 40K where I think, because I got that used army and it's painted better than mine, so I could just put it right on the table. Although I do have to give a shout-out. Oh, I totally forgot about this. I want to shout-out and uh, give a little plug for... Um, the TC War Room in Traverse City, Michigan, uh, connected with TC Paintball because uh, Wayne, um, you know, I bought that army from one of the TC War Room guys, and I guess he and Wayne used the same uh, bases, the custom bases. Yeah. So I'm like, uh, dude, where do you get these bases? Because your bases look better than the, the crummy ones I just whipped together. So I'm going to have to rebase mine to match yours at least. So the painting's not as good, but at least the bases will match. And he's like, ask Wayne, because he, he used the same for his 40K army. So I called up Wayne, and he showed up at Adepticon with, like, 40 of the 30 mil bases and about 10 or 20 of the of the 40 mil bases, like, totally totally set me up so that I could redo my whole original 1,000-point army uh, with, the, with, the, with the proper bases to match my, my expansion. So, sweet. Thanks to the TC War Room. Um, but that's that's about that. So I wanted to do that too. So um, I guess that's it for news and rumors. Should we just move on to the toolbox? Yeah, for sure. Brought to you by Kazark Superstore. Kazark Superstore. All right. So um, you got any post Adepticon hobby rush going on over by you? Oh, for sure. Yeah. What's um, doing? It's pretty bad. Uh, I put together two sets of Vanguard Raptors with uh, long strikes. Um, oh. And yeah, they're stupid. Holy cow! They're good. Um, they're they're good. The Ren two is really where it's at. Um, but I do roll a lot of ones, so that doesn't help me. Um, <laughs> so I put together two of those. I put together two sets of the Aether wings. Um, and those things are great. Um, I love the miniature. It's a little fiddly where it attaches because it's just like two little pinpricks on the log that their, um, like, rope is attached to. Okay. So they're a little fiddly to get together, like, worse than the spirit host. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> Throwing but that out there. But they're great. They look awesome. I believe um, you. But, uh, yeah, connecting up things by just, like, a one, you know, one talon or, like, one feather. It's like, oh, come on. Yeah, I mean, it's not that extreme, but it's where the... The only real connection issue is where the piece of fabric hits the log. Um, other than that, great stuff. Um, then I think what else? Um, it's really been kind of it. Just been juggling everything and uh, bought into another game system because I'm a loser. Was reasons. that Batman? Was that that was Batman? All right, I have the book. UGG had it on sale for half off, so I picked it up, and I'm reading the book, and I kind of like this. So um, I, I did order, um, well, you know, 
you know, Batman's like my hero. Like that's oh yeah. So and the Frank Miller Batman was the one that really sort of cemented with Dark Knight Returns for me. Yeah, uh, when I was when I was like twelve. So I ordered mm-hmm. the Frank Miller Batman and the Carrie uh, Kelly with the Sons of the Bat and uh, the Green Arrow, and um, and then I think I ordered the Joker, the with the little mechanical kids from. Uh, I just basically ordered all of the Dark Knight Returns stuff. I'm like, if I do play, I'm playing Dark Knight Returns, and if I yeah. don't, I've got a really cool Dark Knight Returns like set of like eight models that are going to look freaking amazing. Yeah. When they're you know just that that whole yeah, I'm just like yeah I love it that's I'm so excited yeah and I mean I I tried buying into Infinity but the mechanics are just crazy and then the models if I'm not playing with the mechanics I didn't want to go with it but with Batman Batman is is awesome so regardless you're gonna have awesome painted miniatures even if it's a fun painting project versus gaming project exactly so yeah so I started with Riddler. Um, oh. because reasons like he's always been my favorite of the Batman villains. Oh, cool. And the new crew that came out, um, cause I don't like the mechanic version of him from the video game. Um, oh no, no. I just don't see him as that type of a character. So the new one that just came out, um, I picked that up. Um, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, but I mean, that's like it, like, Hobby-wise, how about you? Have you done anything? Oh, yeah. So uh, I've, I've got a little bit of a secret project going that I can reveal uh, in probably about a month that I'm just at least trying to get things together and get them all put together. Um, I'm very excited about that because it's going to be very cool. Um, I Okay, I told you I had like three starter sets for, for uh, Age of Sigmar. So yeah. I have three... Of the Lord on Dracoth, and I only really need the one. Like yeah. t- two would kind of be awesome, but I really only need the one. So I mm-hmm. took the other two, and I I, uh, I cut off the uh, hammer hand, and I went into my box of Dracothian riders, and I put on the spears. Nice. Uh, and then I cut off the front part that that you know the fancy armor on the Dracoth. Mm-hmm. Now you only have the one extra in the box uh, of for two. So I got the one guy got his uh, his front plate on, and I ordered another box. So I'll have six Drac- Dracothian riders, or Dracoth riders, whatever it is, uh, Dracothian oh guard. Because uh, I bought the two originally, and then I used some of the extra bits to convert the two lords on Dracoth that I had. And they're not huge conversions. I just changed it up no. enough so that they, you know, they, they so they can repurpose them. I am a little annoyed when I went to break off the one piece of armor, like the underlying part broke off with it. So I am going to have mm. to like sculpt a little something in there because there's going to be a gap now. So I'm, yeah. just, I'm trying just to sculpt a little bit of that armor bit because it's pretty flat. If I can just kind of flatten it out, cut the piece, and then get it put pressed in there, I think I could mm-hmm. just. I just want to fill up that little armor bit. Like it's over the over the fancy part. If you look, there's almost like a collar up on the top behind it portion. And when oh I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. And when I when I when I ripped off the the piece of armor. On the one, it was fine. On the other one, it, it snapped and ripped off the collar part with it, which was actually attached to the those little square leg shields or leg ar- you know leg uh, armor. Mm-hmm. It like went over their shoulders and then in around that neck part. So I'm like, I gotta fix this and build it. But it's you know, it's a couple of quick moves. If I could get the head to pop off easily, I would just put a regular 
Stormcast head on him so he doesn't have the, the same, you know, long hair and plumage of the the Lord on Dracoth. Um, yeah. I'm going to try to do that. But, I mean, I don't do a lot of conversions, you know? So, like, this is actually mm-hmm. a lot for me. Just swapping out the arms and the breastplates and then, oh, and I only have the one extra shield as well. So I'm going to need to bu- get the box to get the other extra shield so I can get the extra shield on uh, on the guy. But, uh, you know, it might as well. I'm not going to run three Lords on Dracos, and I have these here. Might as well use the bits from the two boxes I bought to make the four guys stretch into six. Absolutely. So I got two guys with crossbows, two guys with spears, and I got to figure out what to do with the next two guys. Hammers. I'll probably do hammers. And then if I buy one more box, I'll do axes so I can get two of everything. There you go. But I've been doing that. I've been painting up the characters. Um, those Griffhounds. I painted up those two. Like I, I changed my list before Adepticon, like literally two days before. So I had mm-hmm. to paint. I had to paint two characters, and then I had to paint two Griffhounds. And the characters I was just cranking through. I'd already started them and was cranking through them, so I was going to get done, you know. Yeah. Um, but the Griffhounds, I wasn't certain what I was doing. I kind of put down some color. I'm not really good at blending, but I kind of I, I was doing it. and I was having a paint night, and I was talking with Rotor, and uh, I sent him a picture of it. And he's like, "Okay, here's what you do next." Because he just gets color way better than I do. Like, you kind of have to understand color theory. It's like when you watch those Wapple videos. It's like, I see exactly what he's doing. I would never know which colors to pick. Mm-hmm. Like, if you gave me the list of colors, I could do things like that. Not, yeah. to his, not to his extent. But that shaded base coat where he just goes on with everything wet for like 40 minutes and it already looks like almost, you know, better than anything I already could do. And it's just his start. You can mm-hmm. go on and make it good if you want to keep going. Thanks, Jim. I got you. Um, but he's like, you know, Rotor's like, okay, you know, add a little glaze up on the top to lighten up to change a little coloration of the head. Do this with the beaks. He gave me some tips to make the eyes stand out a little more. Um, and then we were talking, and he's like, you know, he saw them even at Adepticon. He's like, let me see. He's like, these are good. He's like, now, if you want to take them to the next level, he's like, do this, dry brush this on, go and, 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 and then paint this on over that. And he gave me a couple of steps. It's like... So I'm thinking I'm going to buy, like, I think I've got the five-pack, and I'm going to mm-hmm. paint those up. And if I need another, I'll, I'll buy another. But I'm going to use those as practice models, like, with different colors, so because they can all be different colors. Yeah. But it's got, like, long, smooth parts. Like, the body is pretty much smooth. So you'd have to just kind of paint it a color, and then you can go with color changes or stuff. But it, that's, like, all open canvas. So you can practice whatever you want with it. Uh, whether it's transitions or adding in, you know, spots or stripes or whatever. But then you get past the collar and you've got straps and buckles. Uh, but then you've got beaks and, and talons. You've got uh, the eyes. You've got feathers. So and you've even got a furry tufty tail. So you've got, like, all the different textures you might run across. And so I'm just going to try to paint all of them a little bit different just to, just to practice with them. You know, mm-hmm. to get some practice because they they look okay pretty much no matter what color combo you give them, and if I if I change them all up and try different things, at least I'll be able to tell which ones which and tell them apart. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of yeah. excited. That's what I was doing with uh, with that. Um, yeah, lots of lots of stormcast trying to finish up going on so that I can move on and eventually get those fire slayers going maybe. But uh, who yeah, knows, who knows the overlords. I'm going to buy a bunch of that. I may have to do that, too. So we'll see. We'll see. But that's that's what I'm doing now. That's what I'm doing. So 
Yeah, I think we're good with the toolbox. Um, yeah, we're as done. Evidence right. by said tool. So, oh, um, look hey, at you! I, I see try. what you did there. I'm not even yeah, offended because I, I, I would, but it's completely accurate and applicable. So, especially right now. All right. So, in any event, I think uh, Lindsay's turned. Good? Or, Lindsay's turned around. She's not even looking at me now. She even. She's, I wouldn't either. She, I'm getting I, the blank backside of this cocky puck here. Hmm. That makes me so sad. Right. Oh, boy. I'm going to put you back. Any event. So, do we want to take a break? And yes, we'll we're going to take a break. With Domus? Come back with Domus and talk all things Akon. the garage hammer shirt who cares about him look at that guy with the garage hammer hoodie that's right guys nothing tells the ladies i'm one of the gaming elite like garage wear so hurry to garagehammer.net slash store and soon you'll be the guy at game night that all the gamer chicks are talking about remember boys first you get your gear then you win all your games then you get the chicks that's right, boys. The only gamers we notice are in Garage Gear. And we are back talking Adepticon. Holy cow, it's over. I can't wait for next year. It's going to be amazing. I am excited. But did you guys have a good time? I had a blast. Yeah. But I won, I won things, so I'm biased. <laughs> I, uh, a little bit. Let's see. Uh, I, I had some good games, and I uh, managed not to spend a lot uh, on stuff I didn't need. And... Um, yeah, I went to a painting class and picked up a cool new model. Um, not even released yet. That's what they were letting us paint. It was so awesome. Um, I had a really good time. I got to hang out with my friends, had dinner. With... Did you go to Duncan's class, Dave? I did. Nice. You got an Arcanaut to paint. Yeah, I saw them. I didn't see yours, but I saw a bunch of them. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm excited. That's that's. I like it. I learned a lot in the class too. We'll get to that, I guess. But Duncan's class, Duncan's class is like watching Duncan's video. But you get to stop him and say, "Wait, can you show me exactly how you do that?" Instead of just cutting to the next thing. And we got to meet his producer, and I forgot the producer's name, but he was really cool too. And I asked him, "Are you the guy who?" Yeah, I'm like, "Are you the guy who picks the sound effect the when it goes to the next one?" He's like, "Yep, that was all my decision." Because I asked the the pertinent questions. Are so good. Yeah. It was cool to get to get to see them and stuff and meet them. But that class was really cool because you literally could. You'd be like, wait a minute, how do you do this? And you'd be like, okay, here, let me show you. And then you just, you just stop painting walk over there and you'd be like. And, you know, when you watch him paint those lines, those really straight, perfect lines, like right down the ridge of the of the prosecutor's wings and stuff. 
Yeah, that's what he does. He's just like, yeah, I just thin my paint out a lot and then watch this. And he's like, super steady hand. Boop, pull. Just pull it back lightly. Look how perfect it is. I was like, oh. So actually, it is exactly what I, I, I actually, I'm like, he must have some trick, some way that it's easy because I watched him doing it in the video and like, man, I can't copy it. No, he's just that he's just really good at it. So then he shows you exactly how he does it. You're like, I still can't do it. Not that, at least not, you know. But then he shows you other ways to, to try it. He's like, we could have come at it from this way or this way. Yeah, but, I find it's all about bracing your hands the right way. Yeah. Yeah, he does that. Yeah, I think we all other, try to do that. Other, otherwise, you shake. Yeah. But man, he's just going, just just dragging it right down, just to, just to put the, the tip of the brush. We're just going to drag it right down this one crease of the. And it's like, wow, that's perfect. That's just, I guess that's practice and stuff like that. But I was just like, man, oh man. But uh, yeah, I totally sidetracked us on that because the, but the, the class was fun, and it's like you know you see the, oh, yeah. the progression of the choices he makes, but you can just ask him anything, and he's all excited. He, I guess that the. They were talking about, you know, they couldn't give specific specifics, but, you know, he talked about how the color scheme was from, like, the largest of the big cities uh, that they have, the Sky Cities. And um, apparently the the big boat is big. Like, I guess. Yeah, the, it's like a 170 mil base. Yeah, like this it's thing. It's a big boat. It's as tall as a, like, I guess it's taller than it is long, I think, because with the, all, the, all the spheres on it. But it's like gonna be like almost bloodthirster big. Is what it sounded like. I'm like, wow, that's just huge. Are you gonna name yours the Orca? No. I'm gonna name mine the Spirit of Grungeny. Oh. Missed opportunity. No, that was the name of the freaking boat that what's his name? Um from the old world. Um whom um Malachi McKyson, the guy who made the the orc and goblin uh, axe thrower. No, no, I know exactly. That was what his you're airship. Yeah, that was his airship when he met up with Gotrek and Felix. Yeah, I was just talking about the need for a bigger boat. Oh, yeah, I said I got that, but I thought you were being serious because you got to name it something, and everyone's going to try to no, come I up totally with clever names. No, I totally name it the orca because that's about what it'll do. But that's all good. <laughs> Don't mean to burst your balloon or anything but anyway um so cool where do we talk there's just so much going on with adepticon just i don't know where to start well why don't we start um well you got there before you guys were there before i was you guys were getting everything set up and getting everything going alex what events list all the events you ran okay um so thursday we had three tournaments going on at once um the two, well, three ran three tournaments that day. So it was two 1,000-point uh, three-round tournaments that ran on pretty similar schedule. And then a Warhost tournament, which is uh, 2,500, which is three rounds. Um, so that was Thursday. Friday was the team tournament. And then Saturday, Sunday was the championship. So we ran a lot of events. Um, there was a lot of paperwork. <laughs> like it's all still chilling in my living room and that is a lot of paperwork. So I believe it. So, yeah. Um so I mean we do keep them for a while just in case we encounter boo-boos which we unfortunately did this year, but um it's it's been all right. I mean, it's just the biggest the biggest pain in the took us with all of it is just 
hauling it because it's so damn heavy. <laughs> and that's the biggest pain in the took us with it. Um, but no, it was, we ran a lot of events. We had a lot of people coming in and out. Um, we had 104 on Saturday playing AOS. Um, that was including the one dayers. And we did have a couple dropouts going into day two. Um, and then we had 68 teams for the champion for the team tournament, which is huge. It's 136 nerds playing AOS. It was great. Nice. That was that um, was fun. Yeah. What's the and, what's the most you had back at the at the heyday and prior? For the champs, the heyday oh, we were probably about one forty, one fifty. Um, so we're getting back up there again. And teams, um, team was actually right around. What are we at? About seventy, seventy-five. Yeah. So I mean, on the team, we weren't too far off. Um, but the championship. Still room for improvement, but the team I think was um, really good. We had a lot of good players, had a lot of people show up, and just had an absolute riot. One of the biggest things, from my perspective, playing most of the days was uh, all the new faces. Uh, yeah, just such a such a vast amount. You know, there's clearly a bunch of old players that have that are still going, but there's a bunch of new guys playing the game. Um, and I, most of my games, I played against people I'd never played before, which was just fantastic. Yeah, there was a lot of names I didn't recognize on any of the sheets. Um, and there are some that I did that, you know, didn't play too often or whatever. But everyone came in. Most everyone came in with the absolute right attitude of we're having fun first or being competitive second. Um, Two guys. I mean, there's still obviously the. Comp- I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I mean, there's still obviously the competitive people that go to tournaments. Which is just fine, but I think almost everyone came in with the right attitude of we're here to have a good time first and then win a tournament second. I think that's the attitude I picked up from most of the people that showed up. Am I wrong? Yes, no? No, I don't think so. I mean, no, I most of what I saw was good and positive. So, yeah, I, didn't, I heard, I heard, I didn't I heard a couple negativity. horror stories, but that's more player etiquette than. Than than that than anything so and you always have that. Did you notice that too? Mm-hmm. I noticed. I heard that too, and I think that you got a lot of new players on the scene, and they're just not used to the maybe the tournament yeah, was, etiquette. Like, and maybe that's it because fast dice rolling and quicker picker upping and stuff like that. You know, the stuff that after being on the circuit playing tournaments for twenty years, I know. You know, and lots of people just know, but I think there's some people that don't or just haven't been policed enough. So it's all good. Just got to teach them. Yep. Yeah, no, I had a good time. I said two of the guys I played, um, I think, yeah, two of them were new. Uh, at least new to AOS, maybe not new to tabletop wargaming in general. But What the, events did you play in, Dave? I played in the team tournament with Greg Dan. Um I think we played you the first round, didn't we? I, well, I knew. Yeah, I did know yeah, that. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, the next day I played in the one day because I got that class signed up with Duncan. And I'm like, nah, I'm, I'm, I'm taking the class. Like, Sweet. You know, I figured I'm just not going to get that chance that often, you know. So that was all it was. It was six games for me this weekend. But they were six good games. Um, like I said, I played two guys who were new on the one day, on the uh, champion on the one day for the champs, and then uh, then I wanted to play an Ian bots. Oh, awesome! 
I get to play him a lot. It, I met him two years ago. We were playing, and we played together. It was round four or five. Like, at the end of the day, we just wound up right, you know, lower, middle, same place, just playing. And then last year, third game, we wound up this third or fourth game. No, it had to be the th- third game, yeah. And uh, wound up uh, right around that same spot, playing each other. And then uh, team tournament, third game, I wound up playing, me and Greg played him and his wife this year. So we just always wind up right around the same points between games three and four. <laughs> and then it's like, yes, we're getting to play each other. It's kind awesome. of awesome that it, that it just, that uh, he's so much fun to play with. It's, it's weird it when you go to a tournament of a hundred and some odd people and you get the same person a few times in a row. And it's like, oh, I really look forward to this. This is awesome. Yeah. Ian's a good cat. Yeah. Um, no, he and his wife were great. They were great opponents. They were so much fun to play with. Um, and we were both playing Stormcast, so it was like we both went in there. It's the third. It's my it's my last game of the day. I'm not there to win anything. Like I've already lost a couple games. I know what's going on. So I'm like, I'm just going to see what you. I'm like, what kind of combos are you playing? He's like, what kind of combos are you playing? And it's like, oh, I never thought of that. And he's like, I'm stealing that. And we were just like, <laughs> mirror match. Let's learn what the other guy figured out that we didn't. And have a good game, and we did. We just punched each other in the face. At the end, uh, he won. He had seven models on the board. Uh, I lost. Uh, I had um, thirteen models on the board. Um, it was just <laughs> it was brutal. It was just a back back and forth punch in the face match. Um, he got me on those on the one one turn. He managed to get both of the uh, objectives. So I scored nothing, and he scored double the points, and that was it. That was like he was off to the races. I was like, "God, nuts!" So I just said, "I'm just going to try to wipe out your army just for the just for the heck of it." And that's what we did. What did you play in Domus? Uh, I played the team tournament, and then I played all five games of the champs. Woo! So. Yep. So um, you did amazingly well at the at the team tournament. Uh, we got incredibly lucky. Is what we did. So. Yeah, you stomped some chumps. Is what you did. Well, we we might have we might have done a little bit of that. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like doing it on Warhammer TV. That was great. I had a good time. Was, we had the best time doing it. You guys were awesome. Yeah, and, uh, and thanks to the Warhammer TV guys for like just you know letting us letting us. Play. That was kind of a neat experience. Did you watch it back yet? I haven't had a chance. Eddie Eddie had some rave reviews and and literally said that our game was one of his favorites he's ever had on the show. I heard now, that. I don't I don't know if he says that about every game or not, but I thought that was cool to hear. So yeah. No, Eddie legit uh meant that one. Um you guys are probably the best game that we put on there all weekend. Um which is super cool that we got to have them for two days. Um, oh, it's amazing that they came. The, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I got to tell you, those guys, they put on an A-plus show, and they're like the nicest guys you'd ever care to work with. Um, like, even on Wednesday um, setting up, they had stuff nicked in customs uh, coming over for their set. So I was driving around with Eddie and Dan getting lights for them to broadcast out of our room. Oh, and gosh. Having to go to Target for parchment paper and... They didn't call it parchment paper. So I was trying to figure out what Dan was talking about. I'm like, parchment paper. No, 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 not not parchment paper. Like, baking paper. Parchment paper. 
That's what we call it here. Yeah. yeah. You mean so. the stuff? Yeah, the paper that you can bake on that's not wax paper? Yeah. Parchment paper. Yeah. So that was the exact thing he was looking for. So we had, I mean, they were. Um, I would have taken him right really, there. That's what I thought he meant, too. And that's where I went, or I took him. And then um, even on the Friday, they needed more lights going into the weekend to broadcast the 40K event. Um, so Carrie ended up taking them uh, to Home Depot or wherever to get another light set up. Um, and he actually. Oh, go ahead. Domus? Who was talking? I said sweet. Oh. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm um, sorry. And then um, <laughs> she had mentioned something because uh, her birthday was Thursday of Adepticon. And he ended up and he went up to Sam and Harry's or whatever it was and he bought her a birthday cake and brought it down because she had her birthday at Adepticon and she didn't get a cake. Um, oh, that's so nice. These guys were, they were probably the coolest bunch of guys uh, that I've ever had to work with. And big thanks to them for coming out and broadcasting nine games of AOS in two days. That was pretty awesome. It was really cool to sit and chat with Nick, too, because he's one of the faces behind the scenes, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I just happened to sit next to him during my game, and and he he types all the messages to Eddie and Rob and to the, to the guys running the overlays and stuff so they know what's actually happening in the game. So I was feeding him information, but when we could, we would have a nice little chat. He's an outstanding guy as well. Yeah, no, he was. They, they, he was great. He was so funny. It was, he, was, he, was, he, loved, he was loving our game. He just was into well, it. it was he was awesome. cracking up because he's like, "Now wait a minute, who did? Wait, what?" And he's trying to type it up, and finally, you're just like, "Dude, we only got." So, we were getting down to that last half hour, trying to get our turns, and we're running fast. You're just, like, "I'll just tell you exactly what happens." Just, <laughs> it was, just roll this, roll this, and you're like, "Okay, this, 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 this." And we're just like feeding it to him as fast as he could type it in. That game was a lot of fun, though. That was so much. That was a that was a good time. There was a couple of times where a couple of big dice rolls. It was like, ooh, oh goodness! Yeah, that your was... your your big scythe hunters whiffing so hard was huge for. I mean, by no means did we did we show up and think we had it wrapped up because a big unit of six hunters will do some serious damage. Yeah, and we, uh, yeah, Greg was rolling horribly for that for those few times but it, we didn't lose because of dice i mean you guys played the the game the right i mean you did everything right you know you out you did outplay us but there was a couple of crucial even a couple of times with you where you came up okay i hit you on twos and if i hit you on twos these hit automatically ones wait i get to reroll oh that's still a one it was like oh <laughs> so they cursed us both at times but uh that was just it was a really neat thing and they're just sitting there and everything's going on you know off the side, Heather texts me. She's like, they're saying nice things about you. And I'm like, okay, I'm playing. <laughs> so. That's awesome. It was cool. Yeah, My was, wife did watch. Was, She's like, the first game I ever watched of you play, and you got smashed. I'm like, thanks. You should watch it back. It's really cool to watch back, Dave. I'm going to. I just, I literally have to find uh, the time. I've been working on a super secret project ever since I got back from Adepticon. So. Ooh, super secret. Yeah, super secret project. Um. But um, so how how'd your other games go? Because you did really well at the team tournament. Um, our other games went really well. Turn two, um, that that was the wonky deployment where you deploy anywhere, and then the opponent deploys anywhere outside of some X inches. I don't remember what they were. I but, thought um, that, that was kind of cool. That was kind of uh, I I enjoyed it, that deployment. It it, was, it really got tactical. So I was I was meeting somebody and talking to them, and I said, "Brad, just deploy the first couple of units for us. I'm I'm socializing and come back to the table." And he's made a terrible mistake, 
and his stone horn is sitting out in the open. And the next thing I know, they're putting down their stone horn and like 15 juggernauts facing this guy and blocking the whole half of the board for us to protect the stone horn. Oh. So, um, so I, I witnessed a, a massive Relian mistake, which was interesting to see. But then uh, luckily we were able to get our goblins in the way and a couple of good fanatics charged, saved the day, and, and really was the key to winning that game was stopping their charges. Um, so two fanatics absolutely were, were the reason we won the tournament. Um, and then going into game three, we got incredibly lucky with the matchup. Um, the top tables were filled with all kinds of of stuff that would take our army apart because they had a lot of shooting, half of a zinge, half with a cunning ruck. Um, and we just happened to fight another double destruction list with the rogue idol um, and literally just um, amazingly blessed with a great matchup with the two great guys, um, Dan Nix, and I think his buddy's name was Dave, um, the Chicago area guys. And we had a blast and... Um, Managed to end the day on max on all scores, which I'm still not sure how that happened. That's never happened to me before. Probably never again. So it was pretty cool. Yeah. Hey, congratulations. Uh, because uh, Thank you. we lost to you. And then um, I, got to, I got to play Joe Sloboda for my second game. Oh, nice. And his girlfriend. Uh, yeah. And his girlfriend, too. I didn't know if it was wife or girlfriend. So I was holding off on what I was saying. I was waiting to see who well. Thank you for filling in there, Domus. You're um, welcome. I just expressed my complete ignorance as to the relationship status on the air. Anyway, um, but whatever, it's my show. Um, <laughs> um, that was a fun game. They had uh, they had um, demons and uh, dark okay. elves, and man, those witch elves no, get a lot of attacks. Oh, Sylvaneth. Sorry. I'm, what am I saying? Oh, Sylvaneth. They're like demons. They're, you know, let's face it. They're walking trees. They're evil. Um, <laughs> and I lose to them a lot, so forget that. Um, yeah, the, those witch elves pump out a lot of attacks. And all sorts of weird bonuses. Oh, okay, with this I get a four-up save, and if I save it, then I roll a dice for everyone I save, and on a four-up you take a mortal wound. Really? Wow, okay. I'm like, man, it was, they, were, they were tough. Um, I think we won that, like, on a lucky... Move like Joe did a charge that took him six and a quarter inches away from the objective, and uh, that fight basically kept him from claiming it. And then on our last turn, I just like I'm gonna just fly my prosecutors over and land on that and take the objective. And we literally won on the last move of the game. Nice. So it was close. It was really close because I thought he had it. And then it was just a, a slight error on his part allowed us to steal it from what would have been at best a draw. Or a, not a draw, you know, a, a, a minor win-loss, I think. Um, and then the last person got to play Ian. And once again, we were having a good time. And then he accused me of strategery. He said, uh, mm. well, he says normally when we play, we just talk about how we just want to have a good time. He goes, but then he goes... They're all talking. Oh, but you were trying to win. They would. Well, here was the thing. He was blowing that darn horn, and I had a unit on each hill, and then I had a character, and I moved him up, and he was sort of not quite exactly between the hills, and I tried to measure to see if I could get him, you know, how far I could get him away 
from the hills. Maybe he could be out of range of the horn, and I couldn't get him out of range of them. He's going to be in range, so I'm like, well, I'll put it right in the middle. I'll make him choose between what unit he's going after. I'm not going to make it easy for him and just stick the guy in the forest. I'll make him choose what he wants and see if he picks, uh, you know, which unit he picks. But he saw me measuring between the two. They're all talking about something going on over here, and I'm moving the guy up, and I'm measuring between the two pieces of terrain and trying to put him right in the middle. And he's like, why, Tech, there's a gleam in your eye, and you're doing strategery. What kind of nonsense is this? <laughs> yep. So, so apparently I got a I got a gleam in my eye when I saw when I saw the victory coming, at least to that one little thing I was trying to do there. I'm like, I'm going to make this work. So that's true. And I guess I get I get to be a dirty, dirty power gamer once I once if I can smell victory. So like a shark. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was like I said, that was the whole team turn. It was a good time. Alex, when you were running it, how how'd uh how was it on the running it side? Um, it wasn't terribly bad. I mean, the only issue is um well, don't we break your arm, pat yourself on the back there, buddy. It wasn't no, 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 no. Alex wasn't. Alex wasn't supposed to run it. He was supposed to play, and oh, that's right. His teammate couldn't make it the last minute, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I guess that would be suckier than playing. I guess okay. Yeah, watching everybody else play. But if I had played, we would have been down another two staff for a ringer, which would have bothered me to no end. So it's. It really worked out, but um, the biggest issue we had was on the registration end of it because we sent out a survey like a month and a half prior to the con itself um, where you're supposed to like register your team name and everything like that. Well, no one remembered what their team name was, and if they did, um, we only got like team names for maybe a third of the field because so, a lot of that email went to the spam box. For people, so this year the team tournament was a bit of a registration nightmare, um, trying to figure out teams, who's who, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so I mean, that was the biggest problem running the team tournament. Um, but I don't know. I mean, other than that, it went pretty smooth. Um, I don't think there's anything too out of line. I really would have liked to do like a top ten uh, for painting for the team tournament, but we just we ran out of time. Realistically, is what it boiled down to. Trying to do scores and everything like that. There's a lot of work that goes into it, and I can't do that without like all the great staff that I had over the weekend uh, to try to make it work. So, yeah, I went over. I think it was okay. I mean, I don't think there was a point where we really kind of lost control, except for like when people don't show up. Um, is really the only time that things get crazy. So, went fine from my perspective. So. Yeah, it seemed to well, run smooth won. from sitting out there. Well, <laughs> I was near the bottom, and that seemed to run smooth on my end, too. Yeah. So, I mean, the biggest thing is just, like, it's a weird thing because the coalition of death rules are all in the handbook, and people are like, well, what does this do? Well, did you read the coalition of death rules? No. Yeah, you kept saying, you kept listing, keep the, the short, just go look them up, and it was listed. It says right here on the page, go to this page. So I went to that page. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. what I did. So, I, I went mean, to that page. Go figure. Like, I tell my students, hey, look, it says read this page. So go read that page. And then if you read it, you know things. And if you don't, you ask dumb questions. Yeah. I mean, it is it is what it is. We have a lot of people that aren't used to how tournaments run um, coming in. 
I think especially ones where it's where we try to operate a little smoother and try to get everything um, as streamlined as possible. And we didn't do that for a lot of it. I think we definitely left some stuff on the table for what we could have done. But um, for what we did do, I thought we did a fairly good job. It's just there's always room for improvement, and that's something that can definitely be addressed. Yep. So. Just take your lessons learned and, and put them on the books for next year. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. All right, so um, so what else? Well, do we want to take a quick break? We've been going a little while. Well, yeah, we've been going about 25 minutes. I suppose we could take a break. We'll take a break, and uh, yeah. we'll come back, and we'll talk about uh, any other games you want to talk about. Like I said, I'm glad we're not diving too much into actual mechanics, that we're just talking about what we did. Um, and then we could talk about some of the other things we did at Adepticon. Um uh, when we come back to it. So we'll be right back then. Are you finally looking to start your rebasing project? Six Squared Studios. Are you looking for some new and interesting resin terrain? Six Squared Studios. Are you looking for some fancy acrylic counters to keep track of wounds or maybe some other statistical anomalies? Six Squared Studios. Maybe you need a new rack for your paint? Six Squared Studios. Well, then look no further. What you need is Six Squared Studios. They ship worldwide with domestic shipping for both the U.S. and Canada. Six Squared Studios. That's right, Six Squared Studios. That's the number six, squaredstudios.ca. When your gaming needs go beyond your basic dice, tape measure, models, and paints, think Six Squared Studios. Six Squared Studios. Now all your base are belong from them. Are we back? Hey, Dave, are we back? I think we're back. I, I, I think, think he so. took his wallet. I, th- I think he what? took his wallet. Nobody got that either? No. Nope. Oh. Is that another no. black and white movie? No, it's Back to the Future 2. Oh, see? That's why. Oh. I think he took his it's wallet. Two. It's 2. It's Back to the Future 2 is fun. It was, it was, but nobody remembers. Come on, Dave. Uh, I have the whole yeah. trilogy. We watched the whole trilogy. When we watch it, because it's good. Oh boy, I like it. It makes me happy. What do you want from me? <laughs> okay, I'm feeling silly. I, I think we need to move along here. Wait, is it? We talking about Adepticon or what? Uh, we're talking about Adepticon. Um, so I only played in the one day, so I can kind of go. Um, you know, I went. I had a few games. I had a fun time. Um, played two guys who I think one guy came from 40k one guy I don't know if he came from 40k or if he hadn't been playing for a while but he was just back in recently he had built a uh, an army similar to your uh, well no it just had that big giant thing the what's that giant thing you have Domus the Maw Crusher he had one of those and he had about five of those guys that are wearing the heavy armor 
and a couple of characters, and then he had like a bunch. He had some wolf riders and spider riders and goblin-y stuff. Um, cool. And I, I, it was a fun list, and I felt a little bad though because, like, I've never actually had the uh, my. I was playing Stormcast, and I had the uh, Hammer Strike Force. Mm-hmm. So the is that out of the new book? Uh, I think so. Yeah, or no, I had it in the old book too. Um, yeah, that's what I know. Yeah, it was. Uh, you know, it's just basically a unit of the the flyers, the prosecutors, and you could put two units of any any two paladin units of your choice. Uh, and they they just fly up the flyers, and then they, those guys can drop in within six inches of the flyers. Okay, and they I have to be within before. six inches of the flyers. Um, and so I had ten. Uh, Ten retributors with three maces, and then five paladins with one mace. And uh, I dropped them down just about like three inches away from the the maw crusher. And I rolled like nines and tens on the chart, so I managed to basically I was able to have them run a complete in a, in a ring around him. And um, they get plus one to wound on that first charge and move when they first land. So ten retributors. After a uh, couple of uh, mortal wounds from the trumpeter and stuff like that, they were able to take that thing right out. Mm-hmm. Oh, I believe it. Off he's, the table. I was things like, Holy. are tough. It was just like, oh, my God. Cause I, well, I mean, I managed to do about 12 mortal wounds, and it's like you only have to do a few more after that. But it was just like, ooh, that was crazy. I almost had Alarial and Durthu. Uh, I played them the first round, the same thing. I ran in, but I had to get Durthu out first because he was the one who takes all of her wounds or something like that. So <laughs> I rushed in with the ten retributors, but they were in the middle of that Sylvaneth Woods. Five of them rolled ones. Oh. oh. <laughs> and then I That's come in gutting. with the maces, and I rolled like five, six, six, and then my other guys came in with six. I got him down to one wound. I got him. I, I, I got him to one stinking wound. It was like if I would have just gotten one more wound across, even having lost half that unit, taking him out would have would have made Alario so vulnerable. It was like, oh, no, but that happens. It happened. That that, that kind of wrecked it. I you know it was uh, it was interesting to see uh, this guy who was playing Alario though. He was, came over. He used to play forty k, and he's been playing just for a while now. And he really liked the list. And he's like. You know, it is kind of filthy. It explains all that Alarial and Durthu can do together and how they can heal back all these wounds and he could take wounds from her and stuff like that. And I'm like, okay, okay. And he's like, yeah, it's pretty filthy. Um, I was riding my Lord on the Dracoth. And uh, if you give him the new, there's one of the command traits is if you don't charge, you get you get a plus one to your save, but you can't combine mm-hmm. it with, you can't combine it with the terrain save. So. Right. Basically, it's basically like a constant terrain save. So on turns he doesn't charge, he's at a two-up already. And then you shine the lantern on him, which makes him a one-up. And uh, he gets uh, uh, a heals a wound on a seven or more on a save, which becomes five because I got a plus two. So Illyrio comes in and (laughs) charges him. He's already got four wounds. She attacks him. He heals back three, and then the shield... Any ones you reroll, and if you save him, it does a mortal wound to her. So she attacks, and he heals three and does two mortal wounds to her. And he's like, "What is this?" 
and they were just going at it for round after round after round. I would have taken her down, but then they wound up magically uh, mortal wounding him with magic because he's like, oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. He's like, they, nobody should be able to stand up to a Lariel. And I'm like, bam, bam, <laughs> Lord Andrekoth with a stupid save bonus. Um, that was kind of fun. I lost that game. Alariel, I think he said they mortal wound spelled him off. But Dirthy mm. was dying and Alariel was dying and he was just like hacking away at him. And I'm like, oh, this is too much fun. <laughs> like, I was waiting and letting her attack first. So they put a, you know, take a few wounds off real quick, see if I can get anything saved before I go in. Then I'll attack and see if I can take her out. Uh, it, was, it was glorious. But that was, what, you know. All the Dirthu stories I heard of the weekend um, just make him seem like he's always missing with his super powerful attacks. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of Dirthu. I saw a lot of Dirthu. Well, with him and Alarial, like, like I said, I guess that they they combo up to some some pretty some pretty nasty, you know, or unkillable almost sort of things. You know, because uh, she heals D3 wounds to every unit around her, and then she heals another D3 to herself. And I was like, oh, I see how this is working. But uh, I don't know. It was it was fun to play. I've never played against her. So I'll hear all the horror stories, and then I was like, oh, I was able to kind of hold my own there. So I, I didn't feel cool. too bad. So what about you, Domus? Because you wound up playing and, and winning a bunch, didn't you? Uh, I didn't win in the champs. Um, I won three of my games out of two. I did get to play a Sylvaneth army, which was a first for me. Um, and it's a terribly bad matchup for my army, but I managed to win through a combination of some good play and Durthu being a giant whiffer. Because <laughs> he Durthu was into my fifteen brute unit, and if he had if he had hit. He could have just ripped it apart, but thankfully he only hit once, so I only lost two guys. Well, and that's the thing. He's so dangerous because he'd do like D6 wounds or six wounds or this or that. Six it's... wounds. He was full strength, so and he had three extra attacks. Ugh. So he's got six attacks <sighs> with the ability to do six wounds, six damage with each wound he causes. So, yeah, it was pretty frightening. Yeah, it's... Yeah, well, with those bonus attacks, too, that's that's crazy. After you knock him down a few, a couple, though, suddenly it's like he's got, you know, he doesn't have as many attacks, and they're doing D6, and it's like the threat is there because it's dangerous still if he gets all his hits in, but, you know, he's got three attacks, he misses one or two, and suddenly it's like, oh, this isn't nearly as bad. That The guy I played, though, is outstanding, and Brad and I had played him in the team tournament Friday, and he's a guy out of Milwaukee. Uh, his name is Brendan Melnick. Um, and just really, really clean gamer on top of his game. He, he's he been playing Warhammer since 3rd edition and plays 40K. And um, so it was really cool to meet him. And, and we just became friends. I got him on Twitter. And um, oh, cool. he's, he's really interested in just in, in playing tournament AOS and being part of the scene. So that's super cool. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So that was tournament fun. I had a good time. I didn't win anything. I didn't expect to. I went and I just played. Domus, thank you for loaning me a display board. You're welcome, buddy. All um, the all the guys from Britain come over, and, and Dave Whitech asked me for a display board. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> Mine's terrible. 
So now I got your it. big one. The big well, the big one is just unwieldy, and you can't fit a lot of models on it. It was not a display board; it was a kids' art project that my students, and it's really oh, cool. Know. Oh, but the it, found art project thing. Yeah, you have? yeah, yeah. But I've like, I mean, parts of it are like it looks unfinished because parts of it are showing because I mean that's part of it being found art. She didn't want to completely cover up all that stuff. Like she's still got a really great grade, and it's a great piece of work. I just can't fit it, and it's heavy as hell. So, so. I mean, it is. It's it's it, that's like a that's like a ten twelve pound uh, uh, display board. And I was like, well, no, that's dumb to be carrying that around. I don't want to carry that around. Like, it's not that heavy, but it's heavy compared to like, you know, the you know the two pound display boards that that you that, that you gave me. I'm like, oh, this is wonderful. I know, Alex. You were uh, you had some uh, you had some some feedback or you had some plans for next year that you were already already putting in motion yeah yeah um so um from a to perspective i have to be very hypercritical of myself um and the job that was done um because to be perfectly honest i'm never happy at the end of any year regardless of um what everyone else says because i always find the problem and I have to try to fix it. Um, so unfortunately, I have to look at it with a very different context. Um, but um, overall, I think the attitude for the most part was what I wanted, which was people coming, having a good time. Um, but there's a lot of stuff on our end that we've learned going forward and things need to make changes. Um, I've already rewritten the rules pack for 2018. Um, I t- took every little bit of feedback um, wrote it down and immediately changed what I could. Um, so, I mean, there's some big things on there. We do need to be uh, tighter about like painting um, and what is and is not acceptable to play. Um, we didn't police that as probably hard as we should have. Um, so, what do you mean? What I want to get to that. What do you mean? Well, I mean, like uh, some unfinished armies um, that barely made requirements to play. Okay. Um, because we do have that fully painted requirement. Um, but, I mean, realistically, the hobby level was just so damn high. Because um, in the championship, we had to kind of narrow it down to, like, our top uh, 10. or We actually had to narrow it down to 12 before we got uh, the best painted. We Whoa, what is going on? Somebody's playing Sargento on my computer. Um I don't know what the hell that is. Um, any event. So we had to uh, narrow it down to 12 players. The painting standard overall was very, very high. Um, and to try to have to pick between all 12 of those best painted armies to try to figure out who is going to be number one was obnoxious. I don't ever want to do it again, but I know I have to do it again next year. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. Um, no, the gorgeous armies... Um, it's we had to get Duncan Rhodes involved in figuring out who's going to be the top painted award. And it's just kind of like, oh, this is this is fun. There's so many great armies, and I think that was one of my biggest positive takeaways. That the overall the hobby level was very high, um, but we've been moving in the right direction on a lot of things. Adding terrain, we added a lot of line of sight blocking terrain, um, and kudos to obviously like Domus and Dominic Reitman. Um, Kyle Schultz, uh, Greg Dupuy, and a lot of the people that helped us paint 
terrain for this year. We had all that Dreadhold stuff. Um, that's all new additions. And we wanted to get some bigger pieces to work on Black and Line of Sight. Um, so we wanted to add more. Great. They were great yeah. in the game, by the way. Yeah, awesome. I'm very glad to hear that. Because um, Lord knows those things are a pain in the tookus to build. Yeah, um, I'm not a, not a big fan of that assembly. I mean, give them to me to paint, no. let somebody else assemble them. Yeah, that's what it's probably going to boil down to. But we still have a bunch of that, so I think more than the towers, I want to build more walls. Um, you know, obviously, still need to build some towers, but um, and more walls, more... Um, medium line of sight blocking terrain. Why are you still talking yeah, Sargento I'd, to me? I think it would be easy, Alex, to to create some walls and cast them, uh, create a mm-hmm. mold and resin cast uh, a bunch of walls. I was thinking about that. Yeah. By the way. Yeah. No. No. Um, so we want to work. I want to work on that. I mean, I would love to do um, more tables, but um, the terrain in general. Um, I needed to add a rule that you're not supposed to remove the trees. Um, I didn't think that that was something that people still did um, as far as, like, moving through the trees. It's just, like, so, to so me, I'm it's a, common sense. I'm a but, fan of, of pulling the trees out but not going over the tree hole. Yeah, that's yeah, what we were doing. That's the language kind of moving the guys underneath the branches was kind of a pain. But as long as you mm-hmm. can fit around the, 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 the little you know, the circle where that tree was, as long as you can go around that, we didn't mind if you pulled them down. Yeah. And it's also just remembering that that has to block line of sight. Um, cause that's a big deal. And for the wildwoods, um, people ask me like pre tournament, it's like, do we have to, you know, does that have to be the same size as, uh, the DW wildwood? And it's like, well, yes, of course, but they didn't ask to me about the trees themselves. So we had a lot of people show up with mouse pads and felt uh, templates for the trees, but no one ever took into consideration, you know, the tree is like the important part of it besides the stand. Um, so we had to write in language to say, you've got to bring either a Citadel Wildwood or something of the approximate size with trees. Very specifically, I had to call that out. Um, so that's been written in that. already. Yeah. And most people didn't. It's just like, well, they're a pain in the butt to haul around, um, which I get. And the trees are absolutely terrible to assemble if you want to put the leaves on because nothing ever lines up. Um, they break but, off a lot. I got about a half a tree's yeah. worth of fallen leaves to glue back onto the tree. Yeah. But, I mean, realistically, if Dan can bring six bases worth of trees over from the U.K., you yeah. can bring one. No from one has Milwaukee an excuse. Yeah. Not anymore. So, but that had to be specifically written in. Um, yeah, I heard a lot of. Like, I heard there was quite a lot of mouse pad forests. Yeah. Which I mean, it's fine for your basement, but if you're gonna be playing at like what's effectively like the Super Bowl of Age of Sigmar tournaments, then we should probably step the game up. Um. um so here's my question: um, You put down the trees if they're not movable. What do you do for the really big characters? I mean, they've got to be allowed into the forest, right? Uh, they got to go around. No. Yeah. So, like your big Alarial, you can't just drop Alarial in the forest. Like she can't go on her beetle in the forest if you have she trees. She can probably get half a beetle in there, but no, you shouldn't be able to like just move stuff around because you can't like physically pick up the tree in the battlefield unless you have a rule that says otherwise. But I don't know. 
I just wasn't certain. So I mean, you could you could technically hide out in the middle of a forest and keep maybe keep away from. Well, you probably couldn't because Elario wouldn't get up. cover. Elario doesn't get cover in the forest anyway. So no, right. But it's just whether or not somebody has to go in the trees after her. Mm-hmm. Um, I think is more what that's about. But realistically, it's for line of sight blocking and to keep the big critters out of there. Um, because the trees definitely synergize more so with the things on the smaller bases, whether it's the hunters or the dryads or whatever, right. as opposed to like the big critters. So it's realistically, we just need to make sure that we have to take all things into consideration and say it explicitly, which we didn't do for a couple of things, but we've already addressed that into the next pack. Um, so we've got that. Um, so we want to definitely get that. And then we had a lot of weird dice rolling techniques um like people jumping and spinning guys. and flipping and oh that was that okay. was jacob berry in my game Barry. and that was freaking amazing no 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 so but i was, was talking no but some of there's some other weird like just weird flicks and flips i was i, I saw what I, no that was hysterical what he was doing with you he was jumping off the chair spinning in the air and chucking oh, him at the table um i've never played a more high energy guy than that guy oh yeah no, he can come back. Maybe just no energy drinks for that, bro. I, um, I I put my game five, Dave, the guy I played, put his hand on the table. So, like, he's across from me. He mm-hmm. puts his hand, left hand down on the table, creates a wall, and then rolls the dice into his hand. So <laughs> I can't see the dice. What? <laughs> Yeah. yeah, so there's that, and then we had a couple of guys show up with cunning rucks, which I understand you shoot at least a hundred or two hundred and forty shots during your turn. I get it; that's a lot of dice. But they showed up with like um, tackle box bait separators and organizers and stuff, and they had the dice sectioned off, and then they taped the thing shut, and then they shake it and put it down on the table. It's like, is that really rolling dice? But the, yeah, I mean, I mean if, if there's a lot of room in there for them to really yeah. b- jostle around, I would say yes. But if it's kind of a tight squeeze, would they? Would those ones in the middle actually get a chance to actually roll and spin and, and come down on a random side? Yeah. And 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 we know the guy, and I and I promise it came from a good place. But well, there was, was a lot of, of dis- them that did that though. Well, well, and I there? saw it on oh, okay. Warhammer TV as well. I saw it on Twitch. Yeah. So there was there was a lot of discussion there in in the hall about whether that was okay and and everybody had a different opinion. Yeah. So, uh, so I, I I think it's good for Alex to address it and just be clear. No, it's good. I think it's yeah. good to address it. You know, I mean, I I'm not saying anyone was trying to pull anything, but it could. I mean, oh yeah, it definitely could be misconstrued that way. Yeah, and that's what we're trying to avoid. But it's just one of those things that we didn't think people would do. I mean, <laughs> if you had told me that someone was going to show up with a tackle box full of dice and say, okay, this is my cunning rock, here we go. It's like, uh, big pardon? What? what? Yeah, so I, mean, I was kind of flabbergasted. That's the thing with the cunning rock. If, if you're going to play that garbage, you got to roll those dice, and you got to oh, suffer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If you need a KFC bucket, you need a KFC bucket. That's just how it goes. So, um, do, do, do you remember so, the Knoblar video shooting at the giant, and the guy had a giant like pretzel jar, one of those big yeah. giant Sam's Club pretzel jar that was amazing. Yeah, and if that's what you got to do, that's what you got to do, buddy. Um, so get your KFC buckets now. Um, We're talking to you, Pat. Again, get it together, buddy. Uh, 
Boonanas. <laughs> All right. Um, so we got that. Um, and then the round feedback we got um, was that the rounds weren't long enough. Um, there were some games that did finish very, very quickly. Um, and there were some games that took a little longer to get to a natural conclusion. Um, so we're going to look at expanding the rounds, at least in the championship and the team, to two hours, 45 minutes. Um, it's an extra 15 minutes on top of what we're given now. Um, our biggest concern with running events is always, especially at Adepticon, because there's so many other things going on, is we don't want people to miss opportunities to do other events or have things lap over or anything like that. But um, realistically, we just want to make sure that people are getting their games in on time, that are getting completed to a natural conclusion instead of being stopped by the clock. So we're going to look at expanding round times to two hours and 45 minutes. Um, that should hopefully give people enough time to finish their games. Um, and then uh, the scenarios. Um, so full disclosure, I tried to write my own scenarios um, for each of the events. Um, and I also mixed in some handbook scenarios. Um, there were a lot of my scenarios that went over fairly well. There were some that did not go over very well at all. Um, and the ones that did not go over very well are already in the trash can. And I'm going to set that thing on fire. <laughs> so don't worry about it. Um, but I, we really appreciate the honest feedback that people gave us. It's like, oh, no, that scenario is like complete garbage. It's like, okay, well, it's gone. So let's not worry about it. Um, but it's just, yeah. There's a, a lot of it. And it could have been people that are just new to tournament gaming in general um, or new to AOS or new to the language. Um so we do want to simplify uh, the scenarios for next year. Um, but the big thing is we try to make sure that people are getting a unique gaming experience coming to Adepticon. So, so you're not just playing games you could realistically play in your basement. Because um, you're coming to the Super Bowl of Mentor Wargaming. So you should get that experience. But So I think what we're going to look for next year is uh, scenarios that are based off the handbook a little closer with some variants as opposed to Alex trying to rewrite or, uh, you know, reinvent the wheel as it were. So, and that's the feedback that we got. And that's the direction I think we're going to be heading, uh, going forward. But the, uh, Oh, go ahead. Which I think is good. Cause, um, like as I, most of the events I go to, honestly, you end up running. So <laughs> I, I feel that it just, it, it's just the, the way it is. Alex runs our events in the Midwest. It's the truth. Um, I feel it a bit of a disadvantage because most of my games in a year are tournament games. It's just the way it works um, against the guys that always play against the general's handbook stuff. Uh, cause, cause we don't, you know, we play a version of it, but they, you know, they're like blood and glory. I'm like, you, know, you can say blood and glory to me all day long, but it really doesn't mean anything to me yet. And I think it should. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So, but um, the secondary um, objectives, I think that went over pretty well. There are a couple that need to get reworked or chucked all together. Um, so for those that haven't seen the pack yet, essentially what you did is before the start of every game, you looked at uh, a sheet that was in your packet, which had a number of different secondary objectives that you could pick from in secret um, and then complete that on top of playing the rest of the scenario. But you couldn't do each secret mission more than once. Um, so that added a little extra dynamic to it. Because um, I think one of the favorite things that we always like doing is the secret agent scenario. 
um, where essentially you get handed an envelope <laughs> with a secret agent. But this time we wanted to try to make it a little more full disclosure and put it in every freaking scenario that we did um, because it gets received very well. Um, so that and then the tertiary objectives um, – that that's the the issue with some of them is like well you get points if it's you know x many difference but for if you're on the top table and you're doing really well then it's like uh you're padding your lead as opposed to giving somebody else something to play for um so we're gonna look at that again uh going forward and see if we can make some adjustments to specific ones um but i think that's the direction we're gonna head uh with regards to like scenarios and everything like that. Um, so we do want to reevaluate our paint sheet too. I mean, it's good, but it could be better. Um, so we definitely want to work on making that modification. I don't know if you have any feedback on that, Domus, because you're like prolific painter extraordinaire. Well, well, thank you. Um, my my big thing with the paint sheet is uh, uh, the way I always have done it in the past when I judged painting was took a very literal approach to the wording and the wording isn't the wording is did you convert something from scratch not did you do convert something from scratch and is it good so you you want to have a way i i think and and this is something alex and i need to talk about about what his goals are but i think you have need to have a way to reward somebody and then reward the guy who did that and then made it look really awesome because those are two very very different things Mm -hmm. and it's just it's just about minimizing you know that I get that there's always going to be minimalists, but but we need to have a standard in, and it needs to be very clear so that no armies slip underneath that. Um, and if they do, then then those armies need to to go to the side. And and I know that's a tough job, but you know that's just what needs to happen. So some way yep. to di- to differentiate that stuff. So we always had you know not everybody has the time to put into it. I get that. But everybody, in my opinion, that's in this hobby can do a decent three-color paint job on anything. So that's kind of the goal. And just mm-hmm. making it real clear and defining that on paper so there's no room for interpretation. Right. So And that's just doing wording that I don't always do very well. Um, so, I mean, we're going to relook at that. I do like the system that we have where you can get um, more points than the max and just depends on your specific skill set, um, how high you get. So I do like that, um, but it does need to get reworked. It's an old, dated paint sheet. Um, it's not as simple as what some of the other events use at Adepticon. Um, we do have a bit of a higher standard um, in our room, but we didn't live up to it this year. But I'd so. also, I'd also with that, with those higher paint points, I'd also like to expound on that to make it easier for you guys doing the paint judging to pick the winner by, you know, okay, you can only get 25 points, but there's 35 possible. So who got all the points? And and that's yeah. going to help you thin down the winning herd, so to speak. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so we've got that. Um, and then a couple of big changes that we are going to be making going forward. Uh, the first of which... Um, Round bases only next year, or oval bases. Um, and that's nothing against square bases. That's everything to do with a rules issue. Just because of ranges and models that can attack, um, 
it's just to put everybody on an even playing field. Um, that's the biggest reason we're moving to round bases because the game plays very differently if you're on a square versus a round, um, just based on sizes realistically. Um, and I know a lot of people are hesitant to rebase because it says the bases don't matter, but for this type of event where it really can matter. Hey, going from 20s absolutely. to 25s. That's just that right there. Going to a 25 round from a 20, um, that's a difference of a full rank, basically, of attacks, you know, if you got a one or two inch reach. Yeah. Um, that's, I mean, that's that's a big, that, I mean, if, if that's, if, if you're concerned, and it is for a lot of people, you know, hey, this guy, you know, because he's using, because he hasn't rebased, he's going to get a lot of extra attacks in, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, let's, let's, let's just call it what it is, guys. The, we had a rough transition into this game, and, and no one wanted to force round bases because we had a rough transition. We were already going through enough stuff, um, but it's become a successful game, and it's freaking amazing. So, just well, like it'll have been out, what, two years in July? Yeah, just so, like painting. Yeah. This is the cost of entry. I mean, it, so it'll be, program. it'll be two years and nine months the game has been out the next time we, we're at Adepticon. Yeah, I mean that. Yeah, I mean, almost we'll three years later. It's like, come two on, yeah. this year. Yeah, let's 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 get them mm-hmm. onto the round. If you want to play, get them on the round, or or get those little slot bases to fill them in. You know, whatever you need to do. It's no different than painting models. So, and yeah, yeah. It's so, just cost. It's cost of entry. Right, and they look better on rounds. Let's uh, be honest yeah, absolutely. here. Every model you put on a round looks substantially better for it, but. That's just, I guess, personal opinion. Um, So we have that. um, And then for scoring, not going to lie, we've been kind of in the dark ages um, as a con. Uh, We use, Carrie and I have used Excel with great success for the last couple of years. Um, She's an absolute wizard with it. Um, But we need to move forward into the tech age, which we haven't done yet. Um, so we've already had a conversation with uh, Bill Robertson of Warscore fame um, as far as using that for next year's events. So this way people can own a little more responsibility in where they're standing because of – no, you can have it post-battle points. Sorry, the wife is looking at me like you have six heads. Um, but <laughs> in any event, we want to use something that can help How us more. How many do more. you have? Um, anyway, so with the, he didn't answer the question, Domus. Just want to point that out. Anyway. Um, so with regards to, um, we want to make sure that people can get the results and pairings as fast as possible. Um, and the biggest advantage with war score is that it does post, um, to a website. It does not post to an app. Um, so this is. Perfectly accessible for all formatting, all phones. Um, as long as you have internet access, you can get on it and see the pairings. Um, battle yeah. points and, are in, battle points are included, so you can yeah. Along with your pairings, you can check your score. And if there people make mistakes, it's always going to happen. But if there is one, you mm-hmm. can catch it right away and make the players equally responsible. Yeah. So it also creates a quick adjustment for us if there is a mistake to get it fixed immediately. Um, which, I mean, we don't do a lot of in general, but we are trying for 100% accountability. 
Um, cause I mean, in the weekend we put in almost 4,300 pieces of data. Um, so, but even screwing up one, while it doesn't seem like a lot, it can change a tournament dramatically. Yeah. So, um, we need to put a little more onus on the players just to make sure that we are not missing something. Cause this is a collaborative effort realistically, well, just because I- we're, just because we are the organizers doesn't mean you guys don't have a hand in it. You guys are the ones that are actually playing games and everything like that. And if you want to play and play where you're supposed to be playing, then that needs to get checked. Can can Carrie can Gary Carrie Ann hear this right now? She's right next to me. So that so I I'm also I think it would be smart to look into getting her some help and give her a break. I know she owns this and takes it all very personally and loves to do it. And but for four days, I mean she's the hardest working non gamer in the room. So that's just my two cents. She says you're super sweet, Dumbass. <laughs> I um. think that she's the greatest and she should totally get lots of accolades and and everyone should should be really, really nice to her when they see her because she's wonderful and she's great and uh, we all like her very much. Kiss ass. <laughs> um, I, so I, in any event. I just was trying um, there. I, you know. I know. I it know. doesn't mean um, I didn't mean it though, Carrie Ann. Yeah, we know. She knows. Um, but in she knows. In any event, um, we want to do that. And then the other big perk to WarScore is that it won't let you play the same person twice. It automatically does that check for you. So, and it does. I a, think, it does a for early round club checks too, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it does. We can certainly format it that way. And we already talked to Bill, and we can basically make this thing dance how we want to for the most part. Um, and it operates very much like Excel, so it's similar software. Um, but that's kind of the direction that we're heading to. Um, so it, we saw it as a problem, and we already have an immediate solution. So that's where we're heading, folks. So, so yeah, everybody's known, everybody is clear. We've seen the issue. We're fixing it right now. Um, and then the only other big change, um, just to so say everybody knows, what we're considering for next year is no compendium special characters. Um, and when I say special characters, I'm talking like Kalita, Craggy, uh, Cetra, um, a few things. Because they're dead. Craggy's not D-E-D in the list? D-E-D dead. What do you mean Craggy's not in the list? Oh, that's right. He's not, is he? He's dead. D-E-D dead. Oh, that's right. Um, so, Poor Craggy. Realist- I lost yeah. my craggy. Hey, thanks for reminding me. Hey, if anybody else got out there's got an extra craggy from the old model that they don't need, uh, get in touch with me because my kids were my daughters did something and they moved stuff and craggy's gone, and I don't care if I can't play him. I got only half an anvil without my craggy. Justice for craggy. I need a craggy. So if anyone's getting rid of him because craggy's you know expensive now, or you're never going to play him. Get in touch with me or send me one a craggy. I need a craggy. So okay, back to. I'm sorry, had to do that. It's it's a thing I can do because um, I own the airwaves right yeah. now. <laughs> so realistically, it's I have a yeah. I'm sorry, I had I, to do it. Go ahead, go ahead. It's I'm, fine. I'm, I'm, I'm good. I know, I know. Um, so I was realistically, if we're trying to move forward in this game, I have a really hard time telling somebody you can't play with your Tomb Kings. Because in a lot of the background books, they even mention fighting against Necro Sphinxes. Um, and there's a lot of stuff that 
realistically can walk over. But the named characters, no. I think it's I think it's time that we need to move past them. Um, and then this will include like the four drilled special characters that are D.E.D. dead. Um, so that'll include Sale, Good Riddance to Bad he's Rubbish. De- he's he's D.E.D. dead in the book? Oh, yeah. E.D.E.D. But not Scarak, right? No, Scarak will be legit because he was written for AOS. Yeah, he came out after AOS background. came out, yeah. Okay, sweet. Yeah. Just, so I may or I mean, may not the, have just bought him, so that's why I'm asking. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I understand. It's just, the it, I know some people will say, oh, you know, cry and foul or whatever, but the truth is if we're going to try to keep it within the scope of the mortal realms, because um, that's where our game is, and with kind of the push I think we're going to see from narrative play going forward, we need to keep with the times. And I think special characters are one of those big anchors that keeps us tied to the old world. So basically, you've got Lord you, Croak, and you've got Scarak, and uh, there's a lot of people that walked over. The big ones, and I understand when I'm saying this because I do have my own Tomb King's army. Um, Death is going to take a big hit because they're going to lose a lot of the vampire characters that didn't walk over, plus the Tomb King ones, and then Destruction will lose all special characters. Except for Gordrak. What about Grimgor? He dead. D E D dead. Okay. I, I didn't. I'm not going to use him, but I didn't know. Yeah, Archeon killed him in the end times. You Never know mind. me. The, the only one I have exploded. The only one I have a beef about is hot garbage, and that's Orion. So I refuse to believe he's actually dead. Okay. So for right now, he <laughs> missing. He missing. Um. That leggy so, chick stole his spear. Lindsay said he did. Leggy chick did stole his spear. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not that I don't like these characters or have any sort of lack of emotional attachment or sympathy to them. Because I do. Um, I do miss Skarsnik. He's my boy. Um, but the truth of the matter is we need to move forward, guys. Um, and there's a lot of issues that come with those kind of models. Sale is a big deal. Because he does have, like, that game ruin potential. Um, and there's a lot of things like that, but I don't know. I think it's just time to move on, guys, realistically. So you've got fair warning. This is on the table that we are considering. We haven't made it's an a official year. call yet. Yeah, but just get your popcorn ready. So I don't know. Um, so those are the big kind of changes that we want to move to. And then we're still reevaluating Thursday to see um, – like how that went because the the warhost tournament didn't have the numbers that we thought it would but the vanguards kicked butt on registrations both of them oversold games are really fun and they're pretty quick and if you start to if you start to slide or get your butt handed to you it's not a long slow painful ordeal right you know that might be where it's at open up some more space for that a thousand points is where this game is at, in my opinion. I mean, I like the bigger points, but a thousand's a lot of fun. So, yeah, it is. Um, so we may be looking at going at that next year, um, either doing the flights that we have been doing, or do one day five games, one thousand points. Uh, something um, else I just thought about for next year that you'll want to just keep in the back of your head, Alex, is Shadespire and how oh, that yeah. shakes out. I completely forgot about Shadespire. Um, I mean, we can talk about that. I mean, 
it just, it'll be a, it's late it's late 2017 release so we don't know what we don't know but i'm just just keep it in the back of your head that that that's going to be something that our gamers are potentially going to be interested in hey did you guys get a yeah. chance to see that or play that I, or any of that because i wasn't there wednesday night we actually totally I, skipped right over this which i can't believe we did I wasn't either, and I asked I asked the GW guys if there was a special side showing available and was denied, which was legit. I understood. Yeah, I mean, I my evil ask. twin was in there. Yeah, no kidding. So Brad, Brad uh, Relian was in it and loved it. He absolutely loved it, but he's he plays Magic, um, and you know he's a competitive guy, so I think it's a good sign, honestly, if it's a game that he'll like. Mm-hmm. Because it's specifically designed for like organized play, um, is what they've been talking about, and it requires like no models for the most part, from what I've seen. Because even the demos that they had was what three Stormcast and five Bloodbound. Yeah, I, I think that that the guys in our our gaming world that play that spaceship game are going to be really attracted to this. Oh yeah, for what, sure. What Battlefleet Gothic? No, uh, X Wing. Oh. Oh, what? I'm totally. I'm sorry. My mind was elsewhere. <laughs> yeah, Battlefleet Gothic. Battlefleet Gothic's, Battlefleet Gothic's not a thing anymore, Dave. Uh, yeah, hey, it it's can still be. an Adepticon. Is it really? That's cool. yeah. Well, we had I think yeah. almost everything except for like Necromunda and Mordheim. Yes, I shows you what I know. Oh, yeah. I love, I love playing Mordheim. Well, I really do. I'm signing up for that again at Gen Con this year. They had they ran it was like a like a almost a full day thing with three rounds and they brought everything with them. I got to play the pirates. It was so good. I had so much fun. Mm. I'm just looking forward. I mean, they're going to do something like that. Probably they're going to you know AOS is already doing things like that. There's you know fan made stuff that's out there that's actually pretty good. Yeah, like AOS 28 and everything. Yep. Um, so, but in any event, that's kind of where we're heading uh, with the course of Adepticon. I mean, my our personal goal is 200 next year for the championship. Um, and realistically, we doubled and then some for our attendance. Well, um, can I, there's no re- can I, can I address this? Yeah. Um, just... As your buddy and your pal and guy who, you know, soundboards off you a lot. Um, I just, uh, I don't, I'm not saying your goal shouldn't be 200, but I think just, just make sure you run the best tournament you can and the numbers are going to happen. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I know. Just make sure it's good and people will be there. In fact, I think you'll be surprised how many more people you get if you're just, if we just, because, I mean, it's already good, but you said you've already working on it. You're rewriting things or tightening it up. Next year is going to be even better. I just, I hate, I hate, to, I'm, just, I'm not trying to be a negative Nelly. I just know sometimes you focus on a number like that. And if we don't hit it, you're going to be like, oh, we failed. And I don't want, I don't want you to okay, feel like no, that. No, 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 You know what I'm saying? When it's that's, like, you know. No, no, I know what you're saying, but that's not my mentality at all. I mean, I want 200 people to come and show up because I want to see that many people come and show up and play games and get the community to grow. That's what I'm looking for. I'm not looking to be the biggest. I'm looking to be the best, but also give an opportunity for this community to grow and get people out and playing 
because it's an environment where they can go and play where they feel comfortable enough to go and play at a tournament because it's so scary. And, and so, the biggest issue, Dave, is we, we have to plan oh, for, sure, for sure. a number because of terrain, because of tables, because of the room we're going to need. Uh, you know, so they're just the logistics stuff. Yeah, I, I, I've been talking with Alex about this at great length. If I, we already hit an awesome number, and and if that's all that happens next year, a I'll be completely surprised. But b that'd be fun. Oh yeah, I think it'll yeah. grow. My only my only worry is um, with the new edition of 40k coming out. Is because we had a lot of 40k players who came over to try AOS because the game's actually apparently better to play in a tournament than the big clunky 40k. And with the new one comes out, I don't know if they migrate back or that stuff like that. I just, like I said, I just don't want, I don't want any, I mean, 200 is such a big number. I don't want anyone to set up for, Sure, you know. I, and I, I mean, you know, a lot of the old guard has seen uh, all the fun we're having and saw the explosion of, of discussion on Twitter after Adepticon. And um, a lot of guys have expressed interest in coming back. So we'll see how it all shakes out over the next well, year, be cool. too. That'll be cool. Like yeah. I said, I, I, hey, I'm not saying people shouldn't come and play. I'd love to see a 300 person. You know, I mean, well, then Alex has got to do whoa, a lot whoa, of work. Whoa, but, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> but you know, slow I, your roll there, buddy. I'd like to see a. I'd like to see a Devicon being mostly the game I play. But that's not my point. I was just saying. I wasn't like I said. I'm not trying to be negative. I'm just saying. I don't want to. You know. I just. I. I just. I was always taught when I did stuff. Don't try to set a number goal because. You're always going to be disappointed, but like you have a point, Domus, that you have to at least prep that many tables and make sure you have enough for that many. Yeah, I just, just the logistics stuff is right. Is yeah. the big reason, right? Um, so I did have one. Oh boy, we've been running long too. So I want to hit one last thing. Um, one thing that I know we we had, we talked about a little bit was uh, the one day event. Oh yeah, that. Yeah. Um, so. Because it wasn't, aren't familiar. Yeah. it didn't really feel like an event as a guy who played in it. Um, it seemed more like uh, a couple of club games. Like it was, it was more like you guys dropped out of our big tournament. Yeah, basically, like, well, if you want to play for one day, that's cool. Uh, but at the end of the one day, it was just like, oh, thanks for coming, and that, that's kind of how it felt. And I know that's not how you intended it, but yeah. So and when we did it last year, we didn't have the numbers of the one day players that we did this year. Um, so. One of those things I think, yeah, last year we didn't have a whole lot, and this year we had a bunch. Um, so what our intention is next year is we'll have everyone in the same room, um, but the one-dayers will just play the one-dayers. Um, a separate and event. Then a separate event, but playing at the same time and playing the same scenarios. Um, so we'll also the, play the first three also, scenarios, just like you're yep. playing the first three scenarios for the first day. But we'll almost be in a separate pod. Like if I was just a one dayer, then we would just all be playing one, day. and that way we can do. We can like you're voting yeah. for, uh, you know, best, best painted or sports or whatever. So I mean that that is going to get addressed because I mean realistically we gave it as people as an option to like dip their toe in Age of Sigmar. Um, realistically, um, but I think we're at the point where we need to start considering everything separate events and then um prize support is commiserate with is like connected to how many people we have show up um but realistically if you're coming to this kind of event don't make the prize support your number one goal because you will be disappointed if your number one goal is to come have a good time have fun i will guarantee you will have that 
Well, and honestly, so. the, the price, honestly, I just, I would like to see, you know, the, the hard, the cogs, the hardware. That's, oh, yeah. That's the what metals I'm, and everything. Yeah. I, you yeah. Know, I'd, like a, I'd like to have a chance to win one of those if I'm in the one day. I'd like to know that I'm coming in there for painting, sports, you know, best general, whatever, you know, that at least we got a yeah. chance to get those things because those things are pretty cool. And, yeah. you know, it's like, like, you know, it would be, you know, they have them for other one day events. A, yeah. There is a catch. I mean, it's obviously based on how many people that we have show up because, um, I mean, everything realistically costs money. But it's one of those things if we get a significant turnout for it, then we can support it appropriately. So understand that's our only real limitation. And then obviously tables um, when it comes down to it, because we have to share space between two between the two dares and the one dares. Right. So. Well, I'm not saying yeah. you should override it or anything like that. I'm just saying, you know, to know that you have a chance to get some hardware. Yeah. You know, the, the little trophies, the medals. To me, the that, metals, that's the medals are amazing. So yeah, yes. No, no. I, I mean, honestly, you never know what. Yeah, you never know what you're going to get. You go to a tournament and they're like, oh look, you got this, and they hand you some models, and you either, oh great, this is my army and it's awesome, or oh look, I'm going to sell this to someone. Like that stuff, never, I never consider, you know. But like that, that little yeah, trophy, that certificate, trophy. that medal, that's the thing that I want to make sure. If I do wind up, because I kind of enjoyed doing the one day and then having Sunday kind of free, and I could be signed up for something, mm-hmm. or I could come help out maybe or something like that, because you know I'd like to try to do that a little too, um, do that a little more. Um, so there's, I, I do, I do think we need to draft from more of our locals some more staff um, to to help the guys out more in various various roles. So Alex doesn't have to do; he can just organize. And and yeah. Alex and Alex, I mean, I Alex to likes to do so. That's you're gonna have to pry that from his cold dead fingers. I understand that as well as anyone. But there's he needs to move to a to a more organizational level and let a lot of the people do the tournament day stuff for him. Yeah, Alex, don't make yeah. me feel like I'm handing the reins over and anything, Gonzalez. That's what you're talking about. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and have you have you met his wife who has the same? Oh my God! I know that between the two of them, they got everything covered. Don't ask; they got you. If they need you, they'll tell you. I want to know who's the boss in the house, Alex. Okay, let's 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 be honest on that one, Domus. We all know what that answer is, and <laughs> okay. she's sitting four feet away from me. That's that's so what I thought. But I just I wanted to hear you say it. <laughs> no, no, I fully admit she runs the show, and I'm just window dressing. I get it, um, but. In any event, for this sort of thing, I do need to kind of take a step back. But the stuff where I still need to be hands-on is terrain and getting people organized and wanting to do that. I know terrain sucks. I get it. But it really adds to the overall quality of the event. And it's something that anybody can do. If you – yeah, if Carrie painted a house for – this year okay so anybody can do it you show up with glue a hobby knife and probably a sixer to put one of those crucibles together um but That's realistically the, you know what i mean i do the, those things. The, the thing is it's just um if we want to grow this community we need to get people involved if we want to grow this event people need to get involved and realistically i'm not going to turn anyone away who wants to help because that means more to me than a lot of things. If you're willing to take the time to help me, 
then please come be a part of this community. And that's what we want is people to get involved. And if you want to play the day of, that's fine. But if you're helping us build up to, then that's just as good as helping. But I do still need help the day of, obviously. So if people need to take turns sitting or um, helping throughout the course of the weekend, I mean, like, Joe and Austin Jero and Lauren and Greg and a you know a bunch of the other uh, Screw City folks. I mean, those are all well and good, but it's got to be more than just one little crew doing it. Yep, agreed. And that's that's why, like with you, I'm I'm gearing to a because I want to play, so I'm going to try to help more throughout the year um, and give you as much assistance in that front as I can. Because at the end of the day, I want to play. I don't play enough, and I need it. Oh, yeah. I know. I know. Yep. So that's kind of the direction that we're heading. Um, and please, folks, if you're interested, hit me on Twitter um, or oh, shoot Oh, by the email. way, Elric, Elric Edge is interested in potentially helping out next year, too, So from Twitter. Oh, neat. I would love to have the help because Lord knows I need it. Um, but, no, I mean, there's... A lot that we're going to be moving towards. And for those that are interested, um, April 22nd, I believe is what it is, um, we're going to be doing a in-person uh, conversation or potentially a uh, conference call via Skype or something like that. If you're interested in helping throughout the course of the year, especially with terrain, because we're going to need it, um, hit me up on Twitter or shoot in an in, um, email to info at adepticon.org if you want to get involved um, even especially throughout the course of the year because we have a lot of terrain that needs to get updated a lot of it needs to get replaced um, and we need to add more realistically that's the I think one of the biggest hurdles I have because I can change a rules packet based on feedback I can change scenarios based on feedback but doing the actual terrain itself that I need people for people that are much better at doing terrain than this guy. Because this guy does not know how to paint terrain. Yeah. Unless it comes in a can and I can spray paint and dry brush, I'm not the best guy. So, even, I mean, I'm not Herner. Even if you're adding, even if you're just adding two or three pieces per board, that's 60 boards there right now. That's 180 wow. pieces of terrain and not expanding any tables. That's like, oh, yes. okay. Yeah, so we want to yeah. do both. So, yes. Yeah, that is a lot. Let me see what you're saying. We need to take a break. It's been like an hour. Like I may have to go back and hey, if there was a weird commercial break halfway through this last segment, uh, <laughs> sorry, you'll know why. I just threw it in there. I had to do it because we've been going. So we're going to take a break, and when we come back, uh, Domus, you and you and Alex were all sorts of doing stuff while I was uh, hanging out with some other friends. Um, and you guys want to talk about that that whole thing? So we're going to do that when we come back. Okay, cool. Games in Grays Lake, Illinois is the one-stop shop for all your gaming needs. They carry anything your favorite gamer may want. Board games, collectible card games, miniature-based games, and all your hobby gaming supplies are there, as well as books, charms, incense, crystals, and other unique gifts. 
UGG has it all. Come into the store and ask about their frequent buyers program or check out their gaming and events calendars in-store or online. From Tuesday night War Machine and Thursday Board Game Night to Friday Night Magic, there's always something going on at Unique Gifts and Games in Gray's Lake. Check them out on the web at uniquegg.com. back we are back with more talks about cool stuff that happened at adepticon um so i'll preface this because this part this is the only part i'm actually involved in <laughs> um a few days before adepticon um a couple of us got emails saying hey gonna meet up on saturday night and uh talk about some gw stuff and it was from one of the guys from GW, and he was with a couple other people, and um, it was just it was it was kind of vague, but it was like how you know we want to build build the community bigger, and I'm like okay, I got you. Um, like a day after that, I got another email saying that if you have any ideas, feel free to bring them with, bring a couple of ideas and a, uh, things you want to do and, and ways that you can implement them. Um, that was from someone else who was actually on the list, not from the guy from GW who emailed me. Um, and then like, and we'll get together and we'll, we'll talk about this. And it seemed very cool, but it literally was, you know, a, sh- a short time before Adepticon. And I already had, I had made plans for that evening and I thought about it. And I said, well, you know, to grow the community, I'm doing stuff at UGG. Alex does stuff all over the place. I'm like, Games Workshop has like, you know, their presence basically everywhere in the gaming community went from not really there too much to everywhere in the gaming community. So I was like, oh, I got, I got, I got nothing. Like I had no idea. I'm like, I got nothing. Like I got nothing to add. Like I am so happy with the way things have gone in the last eighteen months. You know, <laughs> I'm just like, I, I got, I got nothing. I felt like I had nothing really to add, and I already had plans. And I'm like, I don't want to cancel plans to go tell them to their fate to look dumb. You know, <laughs> hey, I came, but I got nothing. So I'm like, nah, you know, I, I, I'm going to stick with the plans I had. And I'm, and I'm glad I did because I don't, you know, I, I was hanging out with people I only get to see like once a year. And it was kind of important to me. Okay. Um, but I found out that there was a whole lot more going on at that meeting after you guys came out of the meeting. We're like, oh, you missed the meeting. And then told me all the things that happened. And apparently it was so much stuff that you guys want to talk about on the show. And I said, let's do it then. And that's now we're here. Take it away, boys. Yeah. Um. So where do we want to preface this? Do we want to preface with who was in the room uh, yeah. from workshop specifically? I think yeah. we need to address who was I, in there. And but. I think that the biggest point of the meeting was just introductions, right? Just face-to-face meet. We met them, meaning the, a group from the North American community met a group from the GW design team. Um, we met them and just laid some groundwork and for some conversations for the future. Yeah, and this is definitely I, I think a in, first step. I, I think in a nutshell, it it was primarily first and foremost a meet and greet. Hmm. Yeah. Um. So we had Pete Foley, Ben Johnson, Jess. I'm going to butcher it. Bickman. Bickman. It's Bickman. Bickham. Yep. Yeah. Oh, uh, Bickham. Ra- probably. Ra- yeah. Uh, Robin Curtis, 
Um, who else am I missing in there? Andy. Uh, Andy, Andy Smiley. Andy Smiley. Um, so these are not just, you know, just somebody in a shirt. These are like the legit people involved in every level, specifically with AOS and box games. Um, and they wanted to meet with us to discuss um, kind of the direction of the game, where it's going, what can be done, and then the community building aspect. Um, and there's a lot of stuff that they do that I didn't know that they did. Um, Such as? It's not from... Black, well, did you know that they have an event calendar on their community website? He might have because I tweeted it out last week. Yeah, yeah, but walking into Adapticon weekend, did you know that? I didn't. I had no idea. Yeah, so if someone submits um, an email to them saying, hey, I'm running an event on this, this, and day at this, this, and place, they will happily put it on the website if it's independent, obviously. Um, and then you can also like request like price support if you're independent versus like a store or anything like that. They have an actual email where you can like either get support or kind of direction or anything like that. Did you, did you know that? I didn't. That I didn't. Yeah. And I mean, realistically, that's something that I haven't seen in a very long time from workshop. So I didn't ever think to look for it. Um, but it's there. It's a resource that we haven't utilized, but realistically with the amount of emails that that particular inbox gets, and then you have to vet through all the different requests. Um, it's a lot of manpower that goes into just emails. Um, so it does take a little bit of time to go through everything, but if you want to direct tap to GW, it's right there. We just never even thought to look for it. I think is something that a lot of people didn't even know about. Well, Um, and, and admittedly, I mean, this is, this is a brand new GW. So, uh, oh, yeah. Before, before we never would have because the expectation level was set, and and mm-hmm. things are totally different now. So, so I, I mean, yes. I think that's worth saying, and and yeah. that to me, that to me is the biggest reason why I'm as excited as I am about this game more than anything, um, is because because of this new approach that they're taking and they're embracing the community. It's, it's just fantastic. It's what I wanted to see out of them for 17 years. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And now they're doing it and they kind of laid out, um, what they are doing and what they want to do. So they want to continue to work on partnerships with large events in the U S such as Las Vegas open, obviously Adapticon and then the Nova, um, so they want to continue to be involved with the community on these large event scales. Um, so, and they've been showing up. They've been showing up doing the Warhammer Live. They've been showing up in force, which is such a dramatic change from what we've been used to. Um, so, yeah, it's not that they don't want to be involved. It's just they have their limits. They have their resources. Um, they're not like this end-all, be-all of everything of people. So they have to make the choices that are obviously in the best interest for them and for the community, but to work with the established bases here with, especially with regards to like LVO, Adapticon and Nova, um, continuing to build partnerships with them is paramount, um, for what they want to do to move the game forward. Um, and obviously to build the community as a result. So, so I think we should talk a little bit about who was in the room from the North American community, because um, it was quite a mix of guys um, and gals. 
and and gals. It was uh, me, Alex, Carrie Ann. Um, see who else was also in there. Two guys from Frontline Gaming, Reese and uh, I don't I, remember the other guy's name. They run the LVO. And 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 basically they do the ITC circuit, right? As well. Yep. Right. Um, yep, so then we fine. also we also had Brad and Andrea Schwant. Um, um, everybody knows who Relian is, I I hope. And uh, let's think about who else. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna look at my Twitter picture because I have a picture. Um, the Warhammer Weekly guys. Uh, oh yeah, Vincent Tom, Tom. and Vince, uh, Tyler Emerson, Chuck Moore, um, Mitch Cowan, uh, Tyler Mengel, um, Jeff Egan and Peyton Shipman from Jeff uh, and Egan. Connecticut. I think they're from Connecticut Northeast Gamers. Yeah, and representing representing that scene. So. Um, we had the, the guys from Nashville, David Griffin and Kale Thompson. Thompson, yeah. Kale Thompson, last yeah. name. Um, is that was that it? Yeah. There's a lot. There was a lot of us in that room. Um, yeah, and we were jam packed in. Uh, and then Dan Dan Heelan and Wayne Kemp were there also as well to just just uh, and it was actually very good. I think in a lot of the discussions, just because of some of the stuff they've done and the hurdles they've gone through, and and they mm-hmm. just had a lot of wisdom to pass on. Yes. So, so, so one of the things um, we did an introduction. We had pizza, we had beverages, which was fantastic. Um, but one of the things we spent some time talking about was tournaments and running tournaments. And and there was a bit of a focus on how to run tournaments from our group, the North American group, looking for some guidance. Um, and I and I think that those of us who run tournaments knew the answer to that question, and those who didn't were were looking for some more specific help. And in the uh, Magic the Gathering was referenced, and that they provide a tournament rules pack. And here's how you rule run a tournament: you do this, you do this, you do this. Where the rest of us, I think, do that stuff already or have done that stuff and kind of knew what to do. So there was, you know, I think that a lot of us were there with different things we wanted to talk about as well, which is to be expected. Um, and with that everybody's magic, got. Go ahead. With that magic tournament pack, I mean, that's pretty much you play magic the same way everywhere everywhere you go. Ah, excuse me, sorry. So, um, the people who are talking, you know, set you know, tournament rules thing. Was there flexibility in there? I mean, did you go into any detail on that? Was there a flexibility to be your own tournament or? Not really, but my perspective in what I, what I inferred, and this is also from rumbling and just what I see and hear around the internet is that there, there are people who want to see, um, a homogenized tournament scene for our game. Mm -hmm. Uh, I am absolutely not one of those people personally, nor am I. Absolutely. Um, uh, it doesn't. It, we don't all play the game the same way, and it's and it's very subtle differences. But like for me, anytime cash prizes um, are introduced, I'm I'm not a fan. I'm uh, out. Yeah, I'm out. Exactly, instantly. But it, I mean, just neither here nor there. I I don't want to talk. I don't want to say their way is bad and our way is good. It's just different, and I don't think it needs to be the same because we're all we're all playing the same game with the core same rule set, and that's the mm-hmm. important piece. Well, so, and, and every, yeah. every podcast you listen to, even the ones that are really tournament focused, I mean, whenever they give advice, it's like run the type of event you'd want to play in, run the type yeah. of event you'd want to play in. Correct. That's that's going to be a different. That's not always going to be the same tournament. Like, I, I'm not picking sides or saying one way is wrong or one way is right. 
I just I want some variety. Otherwise, I'm not going to travel. Yeah, and realistically, we should be working to build each other up, not tear each other down by right. becoming the same thing where you get the same experience everywhere. So, because then you're just competing against each other. And you know, as much as I want to say I have the largest AOS tournament in the country, that shouldn't be what we should be about as a community. Agreed. It should be about bringing the community together and getting people involved in playing games. And yeah. that's where the focus needs to be. Yeah, best games, best tournament you can run, best models, best right. attitude. Right. That's what can I do focus. to help you make that happen? Exactly. Right. There's mm-hmm. there's a wealth of knowledge out there, um, in especially in that room. You know, and that's so it's just a matter of pulling all of that together. So one of the things that was discussed was was setting up some channels of communication for us to continue to have the discussion, um, which was amazing that that we're going to have open lines of communication that are going to be private um, and we can discuss stuff in 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 the right and proper way with Games Workshop. I, I don't know what all that means yet, Dave. Um, OK, to me. To me, it means, you know, they talked about, they've asked for input. I know they asked for input for points for the GHB2, which is, you know, great to give some input for there um, and for things they could do to make it better and stuff like that. So so we're going to have a voice in those areas as well. Um, but moving forward, you know, I think we can plant seeds. We can we can give ideas. You know, it is a, it is a global international corporation. So, you know, and they did say, you know, even if you give us the best idea in the world, it's going to take us a year because they there's legal stuff they have to go through. There's just channels that has to be filtered through. Um, So uh, but just to honestly to have the communication is amazing. Mm -hmm. Talk talk of bringing the Golden Demons back to North America. Oh, that's cool. Um, Yeah. I mean, just just, you know, just just continuing what they're doing. This amazing reaching out and helping the community and being a part. Well, yeah. And it's actually listening to the community and having open dialogue because before it was just like, well, it's a model company and that's it. But now they're trying to really develop and get involved. Um, and they even said um, like what their kind of direction was and they want to focus on increasing narrative play. Um, I mean, obviously the handbook came out to focus on matched that was their target for the handbook. But now they're reaching out to the narrative organizers over in the UK to start working on increasing the narrative aspect for the three ways to play. So, so you're not just focusing on matched. And anybody um, on Twitter just saw that. I mean, that just happened. We just saw yeah. that, that the NEOs over overseas spent the day at workshop with Jervis and the guys uh, playing games. Mm hmm. Yeah, and there's a big um, NEO. They're pushing a big event on June 10th. They're, they're trying to get uh, all these little smaller stores to, you know, just run. Uh, I don't. And I was talking actually with these guys just this weekend, um, or like the last two days. Like, yeah, like Tyler Mengel and all of them. The coalescence. Yeah, and um, they asked, you know, they asked if I wanted to join in, and they were sort of explaining it to me. And I don't know if everyone they're going to come up with like three scenarios, and everyone's going to run the same sort of narrative event in all these different places. I'm not exactly certain how it's mm-hmm. going to work, but I but I was telling you at Adepticon, I want to run a narrative event at UGG. And and then, like, days later, they're like, they contacted me, and so they're doing it. So I may try to plan it at UGG for June 10th, depending on if I'm uh, home or if I'm on, if I've left for vacation yet. Um, I, 
I gotta tell you, I'm interested to play in a narrative event. I don't, I don't read the fluff. I don't, I don't like live their fluff. I love a good story. Don't get me wrong. I just never have, so I just have never picked it up. But I'm interested in in turning the table into a story and telling that story throughout the course of the day. And I want to see, I want to see what that really means as a narrative event. And I think that's a lot of the issue is what does that really mean? That, right. You know, people are trying to figure that out, and that's cool. I'm I'm interested. Yeah, I've been heck. I'm trying to figure it out. Like I was sitting through, it and you know, Harrison's always asking me questions. I'm bouncing ideas off him, and he's like, "So, how do you give prizes if it's not about winning your games?" And I'm like, "Well, it's probably more about you know making the you know it's it's more about telling these stories, and the more." So you you almost do you know like, I you know who I think would be a good resource if you're if you're serious Dave uh, reach out to Ryan Nickel because he runs that that story based event at 40k and that's how he gives out his prizes is based on the story right and I, I definitely wanted to talk to him but uh, Harrison was even saying you know they do those bingo cards they were used to do at the tournaments and if you hit those little things you got a little prize oh that's cool he's like make that, that is type a good of idea. thing make those those type of things that you hit. Are what earns you prizes. The more you can hit on this list of you know, you know, just doing story-driven stuff, and that's how you earn prizes. Rather than oh, I won my game. Um, and then I was telling you and Alex, and I'm still I'm not even say it on the air, but I had this like sort of third um, third round idea where you know, like uh, especially if we had halves, like like Ryan Nickel runs, where you actually split them into t- into teams. Having sort yeah. of like a cage match type of thing, you know, cage match. Yeah, <laughs> you know where where the you know the games can uh, you know you can players can switch up onto onto different tables and things can happen. And if you can figure something out like that, that might just be just a you know, all right, let's I'm, do this and have a lot of I'm fun. So with dress, it. I'm so dressing up as Trump if we do that. <laughs> what you're gonna do great. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you. Yeah, perfect. I'll make sure you got a spot right there in the front. <laughs> oh boy. <sighs> but um, yeah, I mean, I I like. I, I'm glad that you know maybe the General's Handbook Two still has the the revised rules and the revised points, but maybe throws a little more. I mean, it's already a kind of a small section for the points if you think about it in that book. Yeah, but that's a pretty substantial section. Yeah. Once you take the rest of it in consideration. Right. Um, right. And there was some talk about like adding more structure to narrative play um, because right now it's very loosey goosey, which is fine. But there are some people that if they're going to do an event, they want to have a little more of that balance, quote unquote. Um, right. A little more organization and structure, which is, you know, which is all well and good. It's just a matter of how do how do we create that? Um, and they were looking for a little bit of guidance from workshop about that um so hopefully that makes it into the handbook um for this next one to give a little more structure and a little more definition to narrative other than here's what you could do we're gonna leave the rest to you um so yeah i don't know cool i think the big go go ahead ahead. no go ahead no no i'll hold my question until the end no no you go ahead because i'm just going to reiterate what dom has already said and that's kind of a waste of time okay so um and maybe i just Missed this because I had to put my my headphones down for like one minute with the kids here. Um, so when the meeting started, like I know you said that you know they were like, well, you know, what do you like? What can we do to help? But I, you know, you, 
I just feel like if you call a meeting, you should probably, I mean, you probably have an agenda. Like, well, did they have stuff? Like, did they have stuff ready to? I, they didn't call the meeting, and I think that's an important piece of information. Okay. Um, uh, I, I, I think, and I'm, I'm not 100% sure, but I think that Tyler Emerson brought all this together. Um, and I don't, I may be speaking out of turn. That's my take. I was a late add to, so I didn't get the email chains. I was a late addition. Well, the first email but, I got was from Pete, which was from GW. So that was when I got that email. I, I just assumed that they, that they had. I, I think Chuck and Tyler kind of, yeah. kind of said, how can we bring everybody together and get on the, and that, and that's their goal. And I, and I honestly, you know, besides getting us all talking to each other, I'm not sure. And I think this is why the email was born asking for input. I'm not entirely sure or or I didn't get the impression um, that there wasn't a fixed 100 percent agenda. It was it really was just a, a meet and greet. We want to talk. We, you know, we want to know, honestly, are you are you there to help us? And the answer was unabashedly yes. Um, what can we yeah. do? And I think I think everybody in the room, to an extent, was kind of like, did did they just say what can they do to help us? And it was and it was really just kind of what for me it was kind of one of those okay I I don't want to just chew off and spit out besides saying a wood elf book um, what they can do to help me I want to think about it a little bit and have a good answer. <laughs> yeah, make it my stuff better. Like a, oh, <laughs> yeah, right? it definitely yeah. felt like a jam session where um, we were able just to talk and they were very receptive to the feedback that we gave um and they didn't say oh that's a bad idea to anything that we said um within reason so i don't know it's just that kind of attitude change really struck um all of us i think as we were leaving the room and it's just great to see and it's i don't know having worked for the company previously um it was not the most positive experience of my life, but I really wish I was working there now. <laughs> Just, it's so different. Okay. So, so, so overall I the, thoughts? I think the future is really bright. Um, we talked a lot about, you know, there's a lot of stuff coming. They they wouldn't give us any details, but they said there's a lot of stuff coming and you're going to be happy. And And based on what I've seen, I'm inclined to believe them. Um, we got oh, yeah. we got corn this weekend on pre-release. We got dwarfs next weekend on pre-release. Oh, the Shadow I'm War. At my white dwarf. Since we didn't actually do that segment yet, I might as well say it now. Uh, they've got the they show the corn pre-release and the cards. If you want the cards, yeah. Uh, next, mm-hmm. oh, they're doing the, the cards markers. for the books. Cool. Yeah, they're doing the cards for the blood. Thir- and they're doing it says here uh, it's like a little small thing here next to their cards. The um, the overlords. Their cards are going to be up for pre-order next weekend. Although I don't see anything about their book or the models being ready that weekend. It looks like the cards, like the the corn stuff comes out on the 8th. And that's when you can pre-order, it says, the, the Caradron cards. Kenny, Kenny Lowell said on Twitter, everything was on pre-order the 15th. I don't know. So I just took his word for it. And Kenny Lowell was also in the room. We didn't mention him specifically. Oh, oh yeah, Kenny. Well, I'm just saying in the book here it says that those cards are available to order on the 8th. So uh, that's what I said in the White Dwarf, unless it's a misprint. So the cards might be able might be out like a week before the book. Oh, that's cool. I I just want corn. I'm not interested at all in Sky Pirate things. You no. are so wrong, and that's okay. They're, they're dwarves, Dave. They're, they're Dwarden. I got to channel my inner Chris U. Oh, yeah. 
First of all, they're Duarden, and second of all, they're awesome, and third of all, I'm glad you're not buying them. That way there's more for me. <laughs> there so you, you go. Not everyone can play them. That's why I'm glad when some people don't like stuff that comes out, because if everybody likes it, then everybody's buying it. Yeah, Caradron Overlords, pre-order 8th of April, uh, $15 American, available the 15th of April. Whereas, hmm. and the corn cards are 25 bucks. And the corn book is forty, and that's available to uh, for pre order today. I did yeah, not do a... the, I did not do the cards, but I have the book on pre order. And that then I went to, I went to order that Armageddon thing because the terrain looked awesome. But I went uh, only two hours after they put it up, and it's all sold out. So I'm hoping UGG's getting one because oh, you man. might reach out to uh, to Landmine on Twitter, Mini Stop. Oh, okay. Well, and uh, and can't forget uh, Wayne at the TC War Room either. There's lots of people yep. who will get it. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. And you have sponsors too. I probably shouldn't step all over their toes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, oh, Dave's sponsors. That's okay. They understand. <laughs> so, listen. Um, I think is that is that it? Did we cover like everything? Everything? I think we did. I mean, you got any last thoughts on this meeting, or are you just super excited because, dude, I'm excited that they're going to be wanting to poll us and see what our thoughts on. Like for points and stuff, like if the points are off, they can make adjustments. They can errata them right away, and then they can put them into the next handbook because I'm kind of hoping – I kind of like this idea of an annual new general's handbook. I'll pay 20 bucks annually to get updated new Absolute, rules, new I, scenarios, and new points for everything. I've already seen some whining on Facebook about – and I'm like, really? $25 for as, for updated and potentially – a better point system and addresses the gaps and the weaknesses and the the efficiencies. Come on, you know. Yeah. As the game evolves, oh look, you just released this and this really messed things up. You need to make this change. All right, we'll put that right in. It'll come out. I mean, it's the same people who complained when they didn't get a, an FAQ on yeah. their book for night for you know two years. Yeah. I mean, people complain about anything clearly, but it's just it As just a, makes yeah. me want to complain if yeah. you hang them on brand new rope. It's just terrible. <laughs> <laughs> just, mm-hmm. I swear it's just That's what my dad used to always tell me You'd complain if we hung you on brand new rope I'm like, Okay dad Thanks dad Exactly um, Thanks dad <laughs> Hey if you gotta meet my dad to understand There's a reason that the kids in the neighborhood feared him um, <laughs> <laughs> But so, so okay. now, I I just think the fu- the future looks awesome I've, I personally have never been more excited about about them as a company or playing the game, I officially have achieved fanboy status, and and I Welcome I would have just, I would have damn near punched you in the face had you said that about me a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. So I know what I am. Welcome to the club. Yeah, so I'm I'm in. I'm in like Flynn and Shade Spire looks fun. I'm going to give it a go and I'm going to play a corn army and that's what's in the future for me. Fantastic. So I'm working on my suit for Secret Project, plus I'm painting up some more of this, my uh, my Stormcast. When are you, you going to reveal your super secret project this year, next year? Oh, I think, Loose- I, I think I'll let you guys in on it in about a month. I'll, I'll, cool. have, I'll have it started enough or it's enough underway where I'll, I'll, I'll show it to you guys Sweet. then. But, uh, yeah, so keep working on my Stormcast and that. But until then... Uh, got a little secret stuff on the side, and I got some YouTube videos going. And Kira wants to be on one of them, showing she's building some stuff. She wants to show awesome. how easy it is for her. She's like, "If I can do it, all your listeners can do it." I'm like, "Great, let's 
cuteness on video. I, that 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 gets views. I'll I'll take it. Um, but I think we're I think we're going to wrap up at this point. I think it's time. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody, thanks for listening. Someone bought a hoodie. Thank you, whoever that was. Um, we like iTunes reviews. We like all that stuff. We like Domus for coming on. Thanks, Domus. Thanks for Thank having you, me, Domus. And um, I guess that's about it. So we'll be back in a couple of weeks talking about something. Uh, I doubt we're going to have a corn book review yet. And I don't think the Ooh. overlords will be out yet, but we'll be doing something. We'll talk a little bit about it. We'll cover something. You know, we'll, if it's come out, we've looked at it. We'll give us some thoughts, but we're not going to do a whole lot. I'm, I'm just not rushing to do that anymore. Not happening. So... No. Yeah. it's. I think it's better if we have a better grasp of it. I think the, the Flesh Eater Courts coverage showed that, you know, taking time and just doing it later, we had uh, a whole bunch of... We had a whole bunch of good feedback. I just, you know, that second look at it after a while uh, really helped. So. All right, mm-hmm. that's it then. So uh, until next time, folks, only the faithful will be triumphant. Only the faithful will stand when all others fall. And only the faithful know no despair except in failure. <laughs>